him out of the way and no heir to the throne, I'll take over and rule the Empire. Brilliant! So, how does that work with you being fired and all? The only ones who know about that are the three of us, soon to be the two of us. And I'm one of those two, right? To the secret lab! Pull the lever, Kronk. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that puts the plus in Disney Plus. It's Talking the Mickey. My name is Ian. My name's Ellie. I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, and that is the panel. Not even for today. That's who we'd expect to be on the panel. So, <laughs> so there we go. So, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and rescue that. So uh, today, let's go. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Um, apparently can't just turn on like a light switch. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a look at where we are uh, doing fantastically in the local charts. Not local. Jeez. You're about to find anywhere but local. So um, well, everywhere, including local. I've got a case of the Toxies. I've never been this sort of tongue-tied in an opening before. This is what happens when you fall asleep when we're supposed to record. There and we then go. get woken up by a phone call. <laughs> That, that's right. And I'll tell you who's not sleeping on the podcast. That's the people in the following countries. That would include, hey, hey that's the intro I was looking for. The United States of America, uh, here at home in Great Britain, Taiwan. And then I'm trying to figure out we're number 17 in Switzerland. We are number four in Turkey, including number 47 in all of TV and film. Ooh, very nice. We're number 11 in Brazil. Ooh. Number three in Japan, including hey. including number eleven in all of TV and film. Wow, that's cool. Japan. Japan's then, always strong. We are number one in the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Hey. We can fly. Nice. We can fly. We can fly, and we are number thirty <laughs> in all of TV and film in the that's Netherlands. Cool. I hear cool. a lot of people usually go to Netherlands in search of flying capacity uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit less these days uh or maybe the local uh, how i don't know how would you deal with lockdown <laughs> it might be let's go into town and uh, think of a magical thought <laughs> eat this brownie as you think of a thought <laughs> Any happy <laughs> think of something think of snow Ellie froze. It's off we go. <laughs> so there we are. Sorry. You're all right. Uh, and so just a couple of quick promos before we get into this week's uh, Disney news. Uh, um, we've got a plethora of available content on the two channels. Um, of course, last week we did Thor, which actually has performed really. It's probably our most successful episode as far as a. Uh, Thursday release kind of episode. Oh, wow. in, only last week? In months, Thor was only last week. <laughs> uh, it did, I mean, we did record Thor very early in the process. So yeah. this, this is part of that. Okay. Um, but Thor is doing gangbusters and uh, really, really well. Also, we tr- uh, did the first of our new Marvel Monday series, Falcon and the Weekly Soldier, hosted technically by Ethan. Yeah. yeah. I tried. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I will say, I'm going to do much better next episode. Ah, in case right. was like, Who's this guy talking as if he knows what he's doing? That's me. And, and also on the podcast was you. So, uh, no, Calm but. Calm down, Mother Gothel. No, I'm saying. <laughs> the, the question was, who's the guy, you know, pretending like he knows what he's doing? That's what I've been doing now for, for, for over a year. But, uh, Ethan is now joining me on Pretenders Canyon. So, uh, welcome to, uh, Imposter Syndrome Station, population me oh, and it's you. A- Fun little plinth. And I'll it, give you that. It's a fun plinth. <laughs> but no, I mean, you, uh, you're, you you did very well, and uh, we both discovered that it wasn't our. It's not where we naturally want to gravitate to. Uh, <laughs> uh, even so much, we have I've got some ideas about even the uh, the the volume levels and the production and all that sort of stuff because yeah. we do set them. People are going to listen to this and go, you bet, you know, we set the levels every, well, almost every time. We set the levels before we start recording. <laughs> and uh, somehow, sometimes, um, it feels like they get a little bit out of whack, for whatever reason that is. So uh, there's that. But also on the Best Film Ever feed, uh, we had a real roundtable live at PodVCom. The last PodVCom, they have rebranded. So this is the last pod VCOM where the V stands for virtual. I can no longer make that joke, and I'm a little bit bitter about it. I think think Pod VCOM had a really nice ring to it. I'm going to be 100% honest with that. Maybe I'm a bit rebellious, speaking speaking out of turn, but I really like the name Pod VCOM. Um, A lot easier to remember as well. Yeah. I say this because I can't remember what the new name is. And I think there's something (laughs) in that. It's technically the Podcasters Collective. I don't know what they're going to call the convention. sound like a cult now. Well, <laughs> join the one collective, of one of one us. Of us. Maybe the convention can still be PodVCon. I don't think that's going to happen. With <laughs> I don't think that's going to pod. No, 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 no. Uh, I really like PodVCon, where the V stood for virtual. Um, but I guess maybe they've got eyes on once COVID's over, potentially becoming not just a virtual station, at which point... Then the V's got to be what gone. What will the V stand for? Well, there is no V because they've got rid of the name, haven't they? So therefore, <laughs> the mutiny. For there come, welcome to the collective. <laughs> Exists. Where the C stands for. <laughs> yeah. um, and then finally, uh, we've done uh, Falcon and the Weekly Soldier, of course, on both feeds, as we talked about. Coming to America has just dropped. So that is that. And then next week, we've got something that almost feels Disney adjacent. As we will be doing Paddington there are next week. Paddington, we couldn't cover that on this one. So couldn't cover it. Not eligible. So yeah, and it's 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 very strong. It's the one. Give it ten minutes. They'll have acquired the rights to that as well. So, uh, Ethan, speaking of rights and what we should be releasing on the Disney docket, what have you got for us in our Disney news? Well, um, I've got a load of new date changes and just a load of Disney Plus stuff. I'm going to start from least interesting to most interesting. <laughs> so, first up, um, Cruella Deville, the uh, Cruella, the Cruella Deville movie uh, is now getting a Friday, May 28th uh, release. And Ooh. that is going to be both in cinemas in the US and also uh, on Disney Plus as a premiere access title. So that'll again be 30 Yay. US dollars for Americans. And I think that's 25 pounds for us in the UK. Not what paying about cinemas it. Cinemas in the UK. Well, they, they won't be open yet, but not, not yeah. May 28th. Nope. The earliest those not things. Not long are, after that. June. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But keep in mind, just because they're open, does that mean open at full capacity? I don't imagine so. Get my I'd, ticket early. <laughs> there you you'll go. Be the okay. only, you'll be the only one in the cinema. 
can I use this uh, just platform quickly to go, don't use Premiere Access. The more you use it, the more they will use it. Hey. It's don't okay because I don't think anyone's using it. So I think you're all right. <laughs> Some people are. Not enough to make these things worthwhile. Have. Yeah. Um, we'll, I, we'll, we'll discuss this in a moment, I guess. Um, the next one is uh, Pixar's Luca is going to be much like Soul and just comes straight to Disney+. Plus. It's not going to be Premiere Access. It's just going to be available on June 18th. So that'll give us free range to cover it if we want to then because we don't have to pay a single penny, which is nice but also disappointing because it seemed like it had a lot of promise for like a, a good release. We're actually going to be quite... Uh... When it comes to naming like best Disney original series this year, it's gonna there's gonna be a lot up there. Or best Disney original series, a, best Disney original production. There's gonna be yeah. a lot. There's gonna be a lot in the water, so to speak. Lit in the hey. water, nice. Yeah, I like that. And uh, the the big one, which I think we've discussed this a lot yeah. as we've covered this uh, this story on the podcast for the last probably year now. Um, Black Widow, the Black Widow. <laughs> uh, has no longer been uh, put at May 20th, I think, was when we said it's now going to be Friday the 19th of July, and that is going to be in cinemas and also on Premier Access for Disney+. Plus. So again, 30 US dollars for our American friends and 25 for us. I, I saw it coming, I'll be honest. I saw it coming. I knew it was going to happen. Um, so bored of them moving that film now. But at least there will be, theoretically, a proper cinematic release. Yeah. We will have the option. Gonna- the four of us could go and see it at the Majestic. Birthday trip? Or... Birthday trip. Birthday trip. <laughs> As um, two of the panel have birthdays right around that time. So either we go to the Majestic or at least four people seen it in the same the same venue premier access makes sense so the question then becomes how important is that experience aka can ian continue to write notes in the dark in the cinema i've done it before (laughs) i've done it before uh but yeah that might be a a very interesting uh shout uh maybe yeah yeah i i I think i can see it being a double purpose maybe a see it or skip it on the other feed as we also do this here so maybe that's worth a trip to the cinema and doing a bit of a broader review still still review on the on the talk in the mickey but Mm -hmm. but a little bit of both so that would be splendiferous so uh yeah i saw that that happened just before well just after i woke up and before i plugged in i saw that because i was checking the disney twitter just for the sake of it and i saw that yeah anything else strange um, not really, just to think sort of bounce off the, the Black Widow thing. Uh, because of this, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has been moved back to uh, September 3rd, 2021 now. Whoa! I guess that, yeah, I guess they want to see how this Oh, does. hang on, it's 2021 this year. Never we mind. are in 2021. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, I guess, like, that's fine. I don't know, Eternals just doesn't have a date currently. I guess they want to see how uh, Black Widow does. As the name befits. Yeah, I... <sighs> This is going to be a weird phase for Marvel. Apparently, a lot of stuff's now been changed for all the shows and movies because of COVID, which I get. It's going to be um, a weird phase anyway, yeah. I mean, really, yeah. this is what they needed. Not that we should feel too bad for Disney and Marvel <laughs> as they <laughs> as they all swim in their collective. It's not even a swim pool of money. It's something bigger than that. A lake of money. Um, reservoir. Reservoir. <laughs> um, a natural spring. Like, phase four. It's <laughs> reco- too cute for them. Phase four required like 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 almost a reinvention, and um, that's really hard to do when you've had this giant weight 
uh, and you've got some experimental titles. They really needed the momentum, I think, from regular releases, and this has come at the worst possible time. And it may result in Marvel fatigue, or maybe the TV show is going to teach us we don't need to go see things, maybe? We want things to come to us? I don't know. I, I don't know. I know a lot of people who are both excited and not for this. There was someone who was saying, I'm, I'm glad that uh, it'll be Premier Access because I'm like that they were uh, uh, high risk. So it means that they get to see it and they're okay with that. But I know a lot of people just don't, they don't want to have to go out and risk going to a cinema. They don't want to also risk paying £30 pounds for a, $30 for a film they might not like. I mean, especially if it's, if it's a Marvel film where it's fine. Do you know what I'm getting for free? I'm getting Wanda and Vision, characters I've known since Avengers 2. I'm getting Loki, someone I've known since the fourth Avengers film. I'm getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier, someone I've known since Captain America 2. I'm getting those things for free in my home. And then I have to pay for people who I don't know. I don't have any emotional attachment for. It's possible that we could, people could just, unless you set it up really well, the, is there anything you're really super super maybe i'm just maybe it's me because i don't like dr strange that much so therefore i don't have a giant appeal to go see dr strange too but there's not one thing on the docket upcoming that i'm excited for until spider-man 3 i was gonna say dr strange and spider-man are the only ones that i'm like I, interested for i'll say eternal just because i think it's an interesting concept um but that's like I'll I'll see it when it comes out. I mean, the the, the Canadian in me has some curiosity for my boy Shenshi, and the yeah. uh, and the what Seven Rings or whatever it is. Uh, Legend of the Ten Rings. Sure, yeah. Sonic did it. Yeah, rings. Okay, um, Lord of the like you know. Okay, rings. Um, but you know we'll get to where we want to get to. I think there's Marvel fatigue. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean W. Are we maybe? Is it possible we're done with superhero movies? I will raise your question with uh, Snyder Cut because everyone seems to be hyped back. Well, I mean, it's not really it's not a Disney property, and I I read an article today that said it's done really bad, really really poor, really bad. It's done really poor numbers Mm. for uh, fitting both in like numbers and in revenue generated, but really poor numbers for HBO Max. Um, wow. You can only imagine how long it was till that thing was 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 pirately available. Arr. So it um, was very quick, from what I heard. Yeah. Um, but not the MCU's done its course, I think. For yeah, the, I don't want to say the casual moviegoer because that sounds weird. I know a lot of Twitter stands are going to still love the Marvel stuff, and I'm going to sure. keep watching it because I like comics. Sure. But I think it's it's had its story. People will continue to see it when they want to, but not in the same vein. Spider-Man and Thor. Only two things I'm invested in right now. Anything with Wanda in and anything with Spider-Man in. How disappointed are you going to be if Wanda's not as big a part as she should be in, in, Cap- in uh, Doctor Strange 2? So disappointed. She's easily got the biggest... I mean, that WandaVision show is supposed to be something that... I mean, we really need a Wanda film. Yeah. If she's just a mm. bit... I mean, something has to happen in that film. That makes that worthwhile. Yeah. Not just not the series WandaVision to justify it. Forget that. That's over and done with. But okay, you've you've made her you spent the time on making her into something. And now, now do something with her. Now do a bloody I hope justice. That, I hope I mean Kevin Feige's made a lot of money by having one big master plan. I hope he actually manages to make this um to if anybody can do it, he can. I just don't see it right now. And I'm prepared to be in three years ago, I was really wrong. Phase four rocks. Yeah. 
But I, I am quite I am quite curious if it's just Marvel really was Robert Downey Jr. all along. I don't yeah, think he was, but I think he brought he brought the numbers. I mean, there was that golden generation, and are we willing to accept someone else in that role? Not in the role of Iron Man, but in the role of those key Marvel figures. Mm. You got Hemsworth. He's the only one left. Let's see. Let's see if it happens. I think it depends on who, but again, we'll, we'll, we'll see when, when yeah. Black Widow comes I'll let, I'll let Ethan edit this years from now and have us all go, we were wrong. <laughs> and you can, do, you can do the whole Curb Your Enthusiasm gimmick in, again. In, in 2085, <laughs> when Black Widow actually finally does come out again, because it will get cancelled like two days before the premiere access happens. And the Luke Skywalker reveal is Robert Downey the third. <laughs> <laughs> as little iron man uh here we go um so context corner let's start talking about emperor's new groove uh i found out without even really trying too hard a whole bunch of crazy stuff about this uh yeah georgia let's talk about first about why did you choose this film so i chose this film because it is my go-to happy non-disney non-disney princess disney film um I just really enjoy it. It's only 80 minutes long. Loved it's that nice today. To, yeah. <laughs> it's nice just to put on and it's in and it's out and it doesn't mess around with anything. And it's just, it just makes you feel happy. And it's so bloody quotable. Like every yes. 30 seconds, there is a line that I think I say yeah. at least once a week in, in my general vernacular. So <laughs> I was of that, I was of that generation that grew up with using Tumblr for a lot. And this is like, if Tumblr was a movie, they knew about it, and they would quote this film to, like, death do it part. It was so overdone on that website. Ellie, let me ask you a question, because I'm aware I'm the old person on this panel. <laughs> I am. Do you know what Tumblr is? <laughs> <laughs> um, vaguely. Vaguely, yeah. I've never used it. I have no concept of Tumblr. I have wow. none. Wow. I have none. Take, take like Instagram, yeah. but replace it with uh, the worst part of Twitter. The worst, yeah, yeah, the worst <laughs> yeah. part of Twitter, and don't give it a, a, a like character count. So I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be pushing to like get Ethan to like research a Tumblr account for the. For no, the podcast. it's no, not really. No, used no, no. Okay. Tumblr, yeah, Tumblr no. died. Tumblr uh, died when Yahoo took it over. Yeah. Oh, okay, fair we'll enough. Talk about the reasons why, but yeah, imagine my Twitter account that you see and how much you hate that. Times that by a hundred, and that is like maybe a soft it's, Tumblr it's, account. It's soft, All right. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. It's, fair it, enough. it's some, it, there's some. There's some good uh, carnage there, but okay, different show for that. Good, good, good. So, I mean, uh, uh, we can talk a little bit about our original maybe expectations of it. Uh, I mean, I. I remember seeing this. I wasn't looking that much. I was in a relationship. Uh, I was told, oh, this is really good. I sat down and go, fine, I'll watch this. And it's definitely not your, not your traditional Disney canon. F- canon? Not your traditional Disney fodder? It's not canon fodder. It's better than canon fodder. Um, <laughs> not your traditional Disney fair. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Um, Ellie, did you, do you remember when, when you ran across it the first time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had it on VHS. So, um, wow, you know what's... Was... Wait, this film came out in like 2000. You had it on VHS? VHS ended in like 2000, yeah. Yeah, but you were still buying VHS in 1990? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Like, I didn't have DVDs until I was in high school. Oh, that's... Hang on, hang on. I'm trying to think because The Matrix is the biggest... was the big splash in DVD, and that's 99, so it's not a huge deal to be buying new. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Because 
Did I, sli- I slightly spike re- in two thousand three, two thousand four, when the PS two came out? Because I, I had a Revenge oh, yeah. of the Sith. I had a Revenge of the Sith VHS, and that was two thousand five. In typical Ian fashion, I'm going through my WrestleMania collection I used to have on DVD <laughs> and VHS, and going, "When was the first? Oh wow, the first was twenty. Twenty's two thousand four. So it means I was still buying new VHSs in two thousand three and two thousand two. Fair enough. Yeah, All yeah, right. we didn't have a DVD player, so. Everything was VHS, even after DVDs came out. Anyway, um, so yeah, I was I was quite familiar with it um, from a fairly early age and have fond memories of it. And one thing I did that did spring back up in my memory watching this was that I had some kind of computer game of this, and it might have only been like a really short. I think it might have been like a demo type game thing because I don't think I particularly bought lots of games or anything. Is this like for like for like a, for like a PC? I guess, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as in like actual computer game. Yep. Um, and um, there's so many little snippets of this that are like little cutscenes in the game or like things that I remember doing in the game, like when they go down into Yzma's lair and stuff. Like it's all in the game and it's just like game memories. And it's, but it was like, it was probably just like this really rubbish short game thing. But yep. it was, it's just one of those childhood like traffic like. Not not traffic light light bulb moment things. Dropping video game knowledge on the uh, on the podcast. It's job. usually Ethan's job where I go. What are you doing <laughs> talking about video games again? I would not class this as video game knowledge. <laughs> but... <laughs> so we shouldn't be expecting Ellie's video game podcast to be coming out anytime soon. Oh no no definitely not. Like, That's coming it was out. Probably the kind of free thing that came in a cereal packet or something. Yeah, that sounds like about right. Ten minutes worth oh, of playable content. Those. Ellie's video game podcast is coming out at the same time as George's Bushcraft podcast. <laughs> except, for so I, except, for, except for I believe you've got experience <laughs> with Bushcraft. <laughs> Definitely do a Bushcraft podcast. I think Sorry. you guys need to combine these into one podcast. <laughs> George can talk about the Bushcraft and Ellie can talk about video game knowledge. <laughs> um, I'm going to see if I can find what it was. Okay, please do. Uh, Ethan, I don't know. if we Did we talk about your... your, your sort nah, of- um, I don't I don't even know. Um. I had this period where this game, this game, this movie just was always in my my brain because it was played every Friday night on uh, Disney Cinemagic, like from a very young age for me. So it kind of just was there. Like it was always in my brain. So I can't even remember. I was like, I like it. It's the funny llama man from the funny llama uh, TV show because I remember Emperor's New School. Um, and yeah. it just played afterwards. Yeah. So that was always sort of my, my memory of it was just being like a, a Friday night movie thing before like the replacements or something i mean the intellectual property has been successful and i think it must have, it must be one of those ones that was like a bigger hit on home media than it was in, in in the cinema because it did it did span like you know a, a at least one direct to dvd sequel if not two in the television series and all that sort of mm. stuff so um yeah i have a little fact about that if you'd like to know it uh if you want to do it now or do you think you should wait to the end what do you want to do with that I was. I won't give exact numbers, but um, it definitely was more successful when. It oh, was, hang on! Uh, I've got I've got the sales numbers. Yeah, yeah. Let's leave that to the end. Okay. Okay. I have got them, but I didn't want to. No. Yeah, we'll leave it to the end. Okay. I wasn't sure of doing context if you would have had that, so I did research that myself in the, in the five minutes between waking up and setting the camera. Uh, Ellie, have you, <laughs> have you have you discovered the name of the video game? I have found my video game. It came as a free CD with Coco Shreddies. <laughs> oh, I love that! I mean, oh, Coco Shreddies. So, so far, we've got my name of the cereal, but not the game. It was called the Emperor's New Groove video game. Oh, is it, was it actually called <laughs> the Emperor's New Groove video game, <laughs> or the Emperor's New? Or the, it, yeah. or, the, or the Emperor's New Groove colon the new a groove. video game? 
Oh, they could have called it the Emperor's New Video Game. That's so disappointing. What if it was was the Emperor's New Groove Video Game? It was also available on PlayStation and Game Boy Color. Oh, wow. I had it on PC CD-ROM. CD-ROM. There we go. Uh, Will Smith wrote about 101 dimensions on the CD-ROM CD uh, trying to pretend (laughs) I know all my PC where that CD goes. There we go. There's some, uh, there's some, it's like some 1998 Will Smith rapping about Disney video game, um, things. So there we go. I, I think felt he it was. did that so he could put it in like the end of year edit. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure if I start doing Will Smith tracks, we will, we, we will, we will hear from someone's lawyers that will occur. <laughs> no matter how many, I so said, maybe instead I'll just go, woo, because Will Smith, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. clean up your room. Uh huh. Uh huh. Your parents work hard. Move a vacuum around. Family friendly rap. I'm ripping off a, a, a joke, a cutaway from Family Guy, and I don't care. Because that's it's a Disney, that's a time. Disney property, and I've just brought it back to the podcast. There we go. So. Uh, Georgia, why don't you drop some knowledge on Context Corner for Emperor's New Groove? I will drop some knowledge. So uh, this eventually um, is directed by Mark Dindle, uh, produced by Randy Fulmer, uh, with a screenplay by um, David Reynolds. Um, It didn't start like that. It started six years earlier um, as a completely different film. Um, Well, not completely different, but quite different it began it was going to be a musical epic um yep. along the same lines of lion king um called kingdom of the sun uh, basically following a um an incan emperor and a prince in the pauper type situation where he yeah. finds someone who looks like him they swap roles they both fall in love with different people and blah blah blah, blah. um very different <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's pretty different so it started out like that um sorry i'm just going through my notes um, Roger Allers was originally supposed to be on the production team, and he basically was called into the um, like Disney office at the time. Basically, said this is what we've got for your next production. Um, they had three different like representations. He had one one of Incan culture, one of Aztec, and one of Mayan. And he went with the Incan one, which got us to um, at Kingdom of the Sun. Uh, so yeah, they kind of started putting together a, a story for it. They pitched it to um, our favourite Disney CEO, uh, Michael Eisner, and he essentially said it has all the elements of a Disney classic film. Run with it. Um, the success of The Lion King that um, obviously Alice had had was massive. So he went, yeah, you can have. Oh, did he do Lion King? He does Lion King. Uh, oh, yeah, I, th- I think you've got. You can. I mean, they're still spending that money, so I think he. Yeah, he's yeah. probably all right. Yeah, so he's kind of going, go for it, do whatever you want. Um, and that was in um, 1994. 1995, um, Variety magazine like reported that they were working on an Incan-themed story. 1996, Disney goes on one of their famed uh, research travel trips. Hey. Uh, <laughs> they go to Machu Picchu. In oh, Peru, come on. Um, the food alone. Study, yeah, they, to study uh, Incan artifacts and architecture and the landscape. Um, honestly, I just want to go on one of these Disney trips. I, I've said it before. <laughs> I'll say it again. Yeah. I want to go on a Disney research trip. Um, so it's supposed to be a tale of a greedy, selfish emperor. So that does it's. There's some links to it. Um, who would be voiced by David Spade? Um, he finds a peasant who would have been voiced by Owen Wilson. Um, yeah, that's this hilarious. Is, this is the younger version of him, I think. Yeah, I, I, I did, yeah. yeah. 
Um, and they'd swap places and, like I said, like a very wow. Corpus type, type story. Wow. <laughs> um, and there was going to be a, a villainous witch of Yzma. She was going to reappear and she was going to try and summon the um, the Lord of Darkness um, because or to destroy the sun because she wants, she thought that the sun was making her age because she got wrinkles from being in the sun, which obviously <laughs> meant if she lived in darkness, then she wouldn't age anymore, which, I mean, Disney logic. Um, <laughs> anyway, they, they managed to stop her and that sort of thing. So could have been a really quite a good film, but... That could have been a sequel. It could have been a sequel. It could have been all sorts of different things, but it got kind of went downhill because... Pocahontas and The Hunchback of Notre Dame um, had rather underwhelming box offices. Um, and people, the studio executives said it was growing too ambitious as a film. It was going to take too much budget. And they essentially started axing people from it. Um, and it was proving too serious in uh, test screenings and that sort of thing. So they wanted more comedy brought in, um, which makes sense. Um, so they brought in Mark Dindle, who ends up working on the final film um in this time they bring on sting to do the music because (laughs) i'll just keep doing this as you keep doing the contest corner okay cool yeah so they bring on sting um because elton john's success of the lion king they wanted several songs from a uh, like contemporary pop <laughs> writer it's really difficult because i'm reading already so like i'm kind of like, oh my gosh um but yeah so they brought him on he um agreed to <laughs> he agreed to compose several songs for the soundtrack but under the condition that his filmmaker wife could document the process of the production which is why there is so much information about what happened because she did make that documentary even despite this version of the film being canned that makes um, sense it was called Sweatbox the documentary oh I've never heard of that why anyone was it called that to, do you know anyone wants to watch it you, no I don't it's because the actual animation studio had no air conditioning at that time so they actually referred to the okay. room where the animation took place as the Sweatbox the Sweatbox and if I may clever. you can find this I have found this yeah, I think you, it is watchable. Yeah, yeah. Is it on Disney Plus? No, no, no. This is not oh, a good look true. for Disney. But I'll tell you what, I am willing to suggest at some point we we share the link and we make this a we make this a review because I think there's something in this. this oh, thing, I'd be, I, this I'd thing, be thing, up for that. This thing looks yeah. like the best kind of train wreck. Like, absolutely. Like, I, this, <laughs> the I, it's, it's, it's like 90 minutes long. So it's longer than Emperor's New Groove itself. <laughs> And oh, like, I just hit a random point like a and they're talking about how Yzma's got control and there's a puppet emperor now. And so like the, the story is just wildly different <laughs> and because she had total rights to film whatever and do whatever she wanted to. It's got storyboards. Like, it looks amazing. So is I it's like a, the room style, just train wreck. Well, like- I literally got like six seconds of it just to see if it actually existed. If oh. I could hit a random point and it would still be, you know, sometimes you click on things that are like watch oh, this yeah, yeah, yeah. and you watch it and after the first four seconds there's just like an advert to go to someone's torrent website so yeah, like, yeah, i'm, I'm yeah, like yeah. is it something like that no this is the full documentary so i'm a hundred percent on board with it at some point maybe it'll be my next pick who knows but uh <laughs> I, I'm, I'm putting it in the list of things that are available for sure that sounds good yeah so in in this time in that year essentially mm-hmm. uh, sting composed eight songs mm-hmm. that were linked 
Oh, you're, you're doing that again. Linked with the plot and the characters. <laughs> we did this when Ian was speaking. <laughs> As of summer of 1997, Don't so we're already so. three years into um, production so. hell by this point. So. Um, Alice and Dindle were then um, films directors and Randy so. Fulmer was on as a producer. So. Um, Spade Don't and uh, The Kit had been Don't confirmed as voices. Um, uh, la, 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 la. And there were other, several other people that were in the talks for different roles, but no one had been confirmed. Uh, Stop it. By the summer of 1998. I'm fine. I'm quite enjoying it. Got, I have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell which ones of us work in a school and have to in <laughs> the regular? <laughs> it's good, I, I, I was out of sting songs anyway. I can't remember the life of me. Okay. Like, this, the other one I, that, I, that I know. But anyway, go ahead. So in summer of 1998, um, Kingdom uh, of the Sun wasn't far enough along in the production process to hit its 2000 summer 2000 um, release date. Um, so Disney executives reportedly walked into Fulmer's office and placing his thumb and forefinger a quarter inch apart, angrily st- stated, your film is about this close to being shut down, despite it being what could have been, yeah, I mean, like a centimetre. Yeah, Fun could have fact, been. I used the the opposite uh, thumb and finger on different hands to try and figure out what that meant before I went. Oh, it's on the same. I don't hand. think it really matters. I mean, if it's the same hand, it doesn't matter how close you. I mean, I, th- I think if I went in with my full, if I went, you are this close, and it's still go. That's still pretty. That's still pretty small. Oh, no, yeah. no, I used <laughs> no, Ethan used thumb a thumb on, on his left hand, hand and, and a finger on his right hand. That's like, that's like the old friends joke where they're all sitting around saying you can measure a man's penis size by the length between his thumb and his index finger or something like that. And Ross goes, can you use, can you use either hand? And he's sort of trying to. <laughs> yeah. Anyway... So- they wanted to make sure that they had a film ready to come out for um, summer release because they already had promotional deals with McDonald's and Coca-Cola and other companies basically resting on this film coming out in time. Um, it was recognised as having too many elements. It didn't like it. It wasn't going down well from like screenings and that sort of things. So they turned to several other people um, to try and work down like a pared-down version of the film. Um, Tom Schumer and Peter Schneider uh, basically took one of the two other producers aside and they had what has been described of in here as a bake-off to decide which version to go with um, because one version wanted to stick quite closely to the original which was a very heavy musical almost Lion King in theme type thing um, and the other was what we see today. Um, Eventually people opted with the more comic version and it meant that Alice stepped down um, from from being co-director and wasn't involved at all anymore with this production um so after he left obviously that was a bit through the roof eisner was then not very impressed because he was the one that put um alice in charge because of the success of the lion king um and he get he gave them two weeks to salvage the project or it would be shut down completely oh god uh so they did they managed to things going again they managed to halt the production for six months um and retooled it eventually it was then called kingdom in the sun uh so not much of a change but we i don't know how they got from that to emperor's new groove but they got there somehow someone watched the opening scene again and was like oh groove groove yeah <laughs> <laughs> um you threw off my kingdom in the sun doesn't quite have that same <laughs> it doesn't no it doesn't let me go out like a kingdom in the sun 
Oh, you guys, you guys are not well, yeah, it's the Violent Femmes. Let me go out like a blister in the sun when I've been walking, I strap my stuff and I'm so strung out. No? I've never once shied away from that because that's, <laughs> that's how math works. <laughs> I'm okay. 90s were awesome. Uh, so eventually this comes back um, as uh, what we see today. Um, basically, it's a bit like a, it's a, they've described it as a Chuck Jones cartoon, but faster paced. Disney essentially said, give it a shot. So they went with it. Um, in this reconception, we get the birth of Kronk, um, who was not in any of the other stories. Um, he was inspired by actor Rick Rossovich, um, and they wrote for him and basically went, we want Patrick Warburton for this, purely based on his role in Seinfeld. As Puddy. Yep. As Puddy, yeah. <laughs> Back to the 90s um, you guys were all bashing earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name of the emperor in the original person was supposed in the original person sorry in the original um film was supposed to be manco and um, however they changed it to kuzco um because former discovered that japanese slang for manco translated to something really not very nice that you wouldn't say on even a non-pg podcast Ooh, um that- so we will we'll leave that to the imagination one just um, one quick google search away folks go ahead yeah <laughs> um so because again, we this changes from a epic musical to not having many songs. Sting is a bit upset because he's written eight songs for this film um, and they're not being used. Um, he eventually turns around and ends up just doing like beginning and end songs, um, which is basically the same song. Which is basically the same song. <laughs> I just googled it, and apparently, it's the Voldemort of swear words. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah, it's the one you don't say. Oh, yeah, yeah I can. It's the one people in this country <laughs> like to say, though. Yeah, it's, yeah. Ah, uh, it's my the Australian word. The Australian one, the one yeah. that Australians say with no, n- no, my word. They don't care. Yeah, your yeah, word. Are you claiming yourself as Australian all of a sudden? Nah, it's New Zealanders <laughs> say it as well. Yeah, but you'd say you'd say our word. You went, my, oh wow. Ethan wow. just identified as Australian. I claimed it. Wow. Sounds like that. Let me let, let me know if I ever exclaim that I'm American because I, I, I don't see that happening. But anyway, good for you, Ethan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything left on this, Georgia? Um, I mean, there's so much to this, but I think we're pretty well, much pretty much there. I mean, Eisner worried that this new story was too close in tone to Hercules. Um, oh but no! It, it had done quite well. Um, but they said no, it wasn't. It was um, have a much smaller cast, so it would be a bigger attraction to audiences and that kind of thing. Um, towards the end of production, um, the filming ended originally having Cusco build Cusco Topia, a music his amusement park, on a instead not not on a hill, but in a rainforest. So destroys a rainforest in order to build this, That's and so it much was worse. it is so much worse. And it was Sting actually who said. Uh, he wrote them a letter and said, you do this and I'm resigning because it's exactly the opposite of what I stand for. I spent 20 years trying to defend the rights of indigenous people and you're just marching over them to build a theme park. I will not be party to this. So they change oh, it really? and have um, have Cusco just build a more of a smaller house uh, on the hill next to Pacha and his family, which is definitely the better ending. Which, which, which we could have talked about at the ending of the film. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I got distracted by my notes. There's okay. just so many of them. 
Well, I, I think that's most of it. Basically, right. they got compared to El, the road to El Dorado as well. Oh, that, um, well, this is very El Dorado, yeah. It's, it's, oh, very different films. Because totally. Jeffrey Katzenberg had been at Disney whilst um, Kingdom of the Sun was in production, but left um, in 1994. Um, and there's people that speculate that he took what he saw from Disney and t- took it to DreamWorks. So, All right. Well... Thank you. Uh, context for ran long. I mean, it's a huge story. Um, there's so much to there it. There is yeah. so much. And I think, uh, but I think the key idea is knowing just how far down this road they went before they. Re- oh, about 25% animated. Yeah. Before they reimagined it as what eventually ends up being a buddy movie, which you don't get yeah. a lot of buddy movies in, uh, in, in the Disney canon. Not really. So, uh, and I mean, I mean, we'll talk about it as we go through each of the characters, but I think it's, I think. Despite the, the long and winding road the Beatles might talk about, I think they actually landed on the right format for this film. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. So, let's talk about it. So, sometime long ago, deep in the jungle, that's the Chiron. Um, what is this typeface? It's like Times New Roman. I think it's them trying to do Star Wars. I think it was a Star Wars reference sometime long ago oh, in a galaxy maybe, far, far yeah. away. Yeah. I think but it was just this whole. This the actual re- font itself is so bad. Well, the font for Star Wars is bad. I, I think it's a reference, but but even if it's not, yeah, yeah, it's it's. But we get this pathetic llama and the voiceover, and this is where we meet David Spade playing Cusco. And I've like got like nineteen different spellings of Cusco in my notes before I finally researched what how to spell it. Um, I believe it's K U Z C O. Finally, it's yeah. Cusco. Maybe that's what I went with. Yeah, no, that's yeah. I was like K U S Z C O for most of mine. Um. <laughs> Um, but uh, he's pathetic and he says now go back to both because he says this is the story of this llama actually it's it's my story because they're one and the same let's go back to before i was a llama and we go too far back to when he's like a baby but still in his which is a great touch because it does endear you to the character right away of going oh look at him he looks cute and he goes no not too far and this is sort of what establishes the film's tone which was it was very meta it was very aware of itself it was aware it was a production which is probably why from this point i went oh my god this is unlike anything i've ever seen from disney this is why i love this film so much this is this is fresh this is new within a few seconds i went i don't know if i'm gonna like it but i appreciate we're doing it something different and i the first inclination is to go i think i like this um and it's such an interesting stylistic choice for disney who so often play it so safe but if you have david spade this feels like exactly the right tone to go for sarcastic self-aware uh david spade had a run uh he was on uh, saturday night live uh he then did a series of movies with chris farley uh tommy boy is a david spade film um I don't know. Just a, there's, there's everything Chris Farley was in. He was there as well, and he was that sarcastic um, kind of whiny version. And he was the skinny guy, and Farley was the fat guy, and they get into all these hijinks with Spade largely being the straight man and Farley being the wacky one. So it, it was a, it was the right choice for him. And then he went into a sitcom called Just Shoot Me. Around this time, so he was quite relevant at this at this occurrence. And um, we then get the introduction to um, the world as best ever by the song "Perfect World," um, sung by Tom Jones. I thought that was Tom Jones. Yeah, it's Tom Jones. Yeah, and then at least I'm ninety nine percent sure it's Tom. It Jones. It is Tom yeah. Jones. Yeah, because he even has like the, the version of him is even very Tom Jones. The what do they call him? Yeah. Theme song theme guy. Theme song guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
and this is where we get the idea that there are no rules to what's going to happen like you know he's sitting in his throne and one minute a ship like comes right up to his throne and he hits a bottle on it and the next minute it turns sideways it's like a giant shape of of, of his face but it's also a, a dining room table it's it's gonna be very fun very manic and it's not gonna play to conventional rules and it's sort of giving you the idea get used to it uh we see that he's arrogant and parentless but don't ask about it that's for sure uh we get a few llama foreshadows even now there's lots of llama foreshadowing lots of pictures of llamas lots of things of that nature uh and then as he's singing uh and doing his little moonwalky dance uh he is backing up and piglet throws off his groove he does i thought that was him (laughs) that that, that has to be piglet's voice am i right yeah I think it is, yeah. yeah. And so he throws the old guy out the window, and then there's a river dance homage at the end, which is the only thing <laughs> that felt like it dated the film for me. It was me going, ooh, remember when river dance was a thing? I like that they actually included the sounds of it as well. A lot of films don't. What do you mean, them. like the diegetic kind of? Yeah, they yeah. have like the, the sounds of like the tippy tapping. Yeah. Uh, Ellie. Um, I found this intro really amusing after just doing Coming to America on the other podcast. It's very similar. Because he has rose petals being thrown in front of him as he walks. (laughs) Yeah, it's literally like the opening of that. Yeah, and people washing in and dressing him. Yeah. It's very, very similar. That is Coming to America, which I didn't mention in the promos. Coming to America just dropped. Um, Definitely worth, I don't think I mentioned it, definitely worth listening. To be honest with you, I had a really good time editing that one. Uh, It took me a long time because there was a lot of stuff I harvested for end of year stuff. But it was was a really fun episode. And it's the feedback I'm getting. So go check out. Once you're done this, go check out, not an emperor, but a prince. Prince Akeem, Magical He. He's Eddie Murphy. Uh, on it's the, been fun to listen to. Yes, yeah, there we go. Um, and so uh, then we have a, a bit that I'm calling "Not Naked Attraction," where uh, he's got a series of girls lined up for him. And like, let's think about this for a minute. He literally has a a multitude of women just lined up for him to select based on physical appearance and they're all they're all pretty girls if, you know they're they all, all look the same they're all the same with slightly different hairstyles yeah but he's like yikes oh no double yikes and i'm like all right uh you know i i, I get we're establishing who he is as a character i don't know if i like this scene that much it's dated um, that I, seems dated apparently mm-hmm. the whole idea about who is he going to choose for his bride was going to be a massive plot in some iteration of just the like of the film to america just like coming to america <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be a massive plot and in the end it just turned into one throwaway joke and that was it yeah i think in one of the plots um the emperor the, the fake emperor falls in love with the person that he's supposed to marry oh, okay. and she thinks she thinks that he's changed his ways but it's, it's not it's the fake emperor so i'm guessing is the fake emperor a good guy or a bad guy in that version good okay because i saw one where it was bad but yeah i guess uh, at, the, at the end you could end up with the fake emperor ending up with with, with that girl and yeah. then cusco or whatever his name is could could find love with um i believe some, it was a llama herder friend. a llama herder there we go so yeah. <clears throat> and then they're both paired up with a llama they're, but yeah they're both, they're both paired a up goat in a goat herder a goat like herder coming to america <laughs> there you go and and they're, i think they watched that film first and they're both paired up and there's your double wedding at the end yeah yeah uh, and then he goes, this is the guy who ruined my life. And we meet Pacha. And Pacha is played by John Goodman, who you might better know as Sully from Monsters, Inc. He's so good in this. He is so good in this. John Goodman, for a long time, was great in animated stuff and couldn't find a proper role to save his life. Georgia, are you aware of who this is? No. Okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. John Goodman is the guy who runs the air conditioning school in Community. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> that's him. So that whole Mr. Barnes, you need yeah. to see. Come, come with me. That's that. That's that's Pacha. That's him. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, and so Pacha has been summoned to the to the palace, and he engages with Old Man Piglet. And he's like, <laughs> no one should have done this to you. Oh, it's okay. I threw off the emperor's groove. He goes, yeah, but beware re- the groove. Beware, do not throw off his groove. The groove. <laughs> Um, I got. I mean, this is a very quick movie. Um, and then we meet Isma. Isma's played by Eartha Kitt. Yeah, yeah. Eartha Kitt, um, who had uh, she. I won't say the character's name. I'll save it for a bit. But she had a recurring role on the classic Adam West Batman series. Oh, back in the day. I think I know who she was. Hang on to that for a second, would you? Yeah. And so, uh, so that was kind of cool oh, to yeah, see her that back. Makes sense. It does. It does. And I think she might have been a Bond girl at one point too. She's got that great kind of. At one point, she was like, "Pardon the so pun." Eartha, Eartha Kit is a ne- is a name I know, so yeah. she must have been in something. Is it because of having the Eartha Kits? Yeah, I was just going to say that. I don't know what that is. It's Cockney rhyming slang, Ian. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I don't. I did <laughs> not know got what there. that was. Just got there. Yeah. Yep. It just went plop in my head there. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we get we got Isma's gotten into a bad habit of running the country behind my back, which I thought was a cute way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, Cusco catches her sitting in her chair, and I, I'd forgotten where the plot went. It's been a little bit since this. I'm like, isn't this the same story as Jafar? I'm writing this down. The simplest move would be, shouldn't she be fired? And then he fires her. Yep. <laughs> but not before some casual ageism. And there's a lot of ageism in this movie towards towards Isma. Like oh look at her wrinkles they have her wrinkles like he freeze frames and then we go really which which is yeah. really cool again it was that whole meta thing about not the plot too seriously let's do this and it's lots of laughs and it did explicitly what Disney movies have always told us if you're old and ugly you're bad but this film actually went come with me on that journey I'm going to say it for you <laughs> old ugly I did people enjoy were bad the coriander stuck in her teeth is that what it was was it coriander. It looks very much like coriander to me. It had like little crinkled edges. I mean, it's parsley. Um, And he fires and says, you know, don't think it was being fired. You're being let go. Amongst other things, he says, we're going in a different direction. We're not picking up your option. And so in comes Pacha again. And uh, Pacha's very nervous. And um, Cusco says, word on the street is you can fix my problem. Can you fix my problem? And he goes, well, I'll give it a go. And he does say, like, what about your village? He goes, well, we're just kind of simple. We, and something, he's about to say, and plus, we've got llamas, and he's cut off at that point again. Mm. Um, he goes, where's the best sun on the hill? And he reveals he's got this full-scale model of, like, the world's worst architecturally sound hill ever, like any sort of rainfall. <laughs> that thing's getting landslid all the way down. Then he, we find out he, the whole thing is, is because he wants to build Cuscotopia. Uh, which kind of reminded me of the 90s. We had a drink in North America. Did you have it here called Fruitopia? It was like, no. I, no? I know. Oh, okay. It's like, I, I think it has sort of the role in like a McDonald's restaurant that Oasis has here. Where like, uh, it was sweeter, but it was like, it was like premium fruit drink. Uh, juices I was going to say, is it like that, that Sunny D? But you guys no, no, no. It's, it's, it's like much, yeah. I mean, Sunny D's like like trash level. I mean, this was like, you know, like... <laughs> Sunny D is like orange piss. Fruitopia, yeah, that's what it looks like. So it was like these, it was like these really weird blended flavors. So you might have like oh, ra- raspberry like guava or things like, no, it's not, it's not fizzy. It's not fizzy. Fruitopia uh, is a fruit flavored drink introduced by the Coca-Cola company yep. in 1994 and targeted at teens and young adults. There we go. Hmm. There we go. Um, nice. 
Yeah, it was it was it was delicious, but I mean, it was it wasn't any better for you than pop. I mean, it was still like ramming sugar down your throat. Um, and so Cuscatopia and Pach asked, "Well, where will we live?" And he just goes, "Don't know, don't care." And he goes, "That's right. Everything was going my way." <laughs> and then we have a smash cut, and I mean this literally because we go from a side profile shot of Cusco to smashes to a profile shot of a of a concrete bust of his that is then being smashed by a sledgehammer by Isma. So I was literally writing down smash cut, and then I went, oh, in more than one way. Actual smash cut. Actual yeah. smash cut. Uh, and we've had Yzma practically raised him. And I'm going, oh, okay, there we go. There we go. And uh, this is where Kronk goes, yeah, you would have thought he would have turned out better, which was a fun like little nod and wink. And we have talked about Patrick Warburton and how he was putty on Seinfeld and it would go on to do a great number of things. Uh, I believe he was in, I'm going to try not to spit when I say this, I believe he had a sizable role in um, in the wild. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. he's the he's he's again he's actually kind of like Cronkit in that film. He where is. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna sing and dance. He's blah, like blah, the blah. downtrodden. Are they wildebeest? Is that what they are? Yeah, yeah. He's like the downtrodden one who wants to dance. That's all he wants to do. And William Shatner or whoever it is who plays the head wildebeest won't let him do it. So yeah, yeah. William Shatner's ninety. Guy recently, what? Oh, ninety the other day. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of Family Guy recently, so I'm just seeing Patrick Warburton everywhere. Oh, Warburton, yeah. He's he's yeah, Joe he's in the wheelchair. Joe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And he would later go on to do a terrible show, also with David Spade, called Rules oh. of Engagement. Oh, yeah. He's the lead guy in that. God, that show sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> um, sorry, I have a cough. <laughs> Um, and then we find out that uh, they're going to, She Eastman decides, based on an idea by Kronk, actually. Kronk goes, it's a shame you can't just do this with a real Cusco as opposed to the button. She goes, that's it. Good job you're do, taking out your anger on these rather than the real one. <laughs> yeah. goes, that's it. And she's decided she's going to kill Cusco so she can rule because he has no heir. There are no parents. Only three people know. Like this all, this whole plan is is based on the fact that Cusco didn't tell one person he fired Isma. Mm-hmm. That seems unlikely. Ellie. My key Yzma observation for this podcast is that she her eyelashes have a whole character of their own, which is also what I said about Velma in Chicago. All right, maybe maybe but that's what Velma grows up to be. I would compare. Yes, <laughs> and so they have to go to the secret lair, secret lab, and she says, "Kronk, pull the lever," and the lever gets pulled, and she goes down into this other. Ob- this was she's a like, cutscene in my game. Was it? And she goes, "Wrong <laughs> lever," and then she comes up from. Obviously, she's dragging some crocodile or alligator behind her, and it stops. And she's soaking wet, and she goes, "Why do we even have that lever?" And pull the lever, crunk. And this was it, it, it was it was a great little kind of. It's going to be this kind of movie again. We're going to have the care. You would like this, Georgia, because they do stupid things in the writing, and when the characters call out the stupid things in the writing, therefore it makes it good writing in your eyes. Absolutely. This but is why I'm, I love this film. I'm okay with it in this film. This is the right <laughs> film to do this in. Because it's so they, it's so over the top. They use this joke almost every single episode of Emperor's New School to the point that it kind of gets old hat. Yeah. Which is a shame because it's a good joke in this. Well, it is, well that, and this is the first one. So we get to sort yeah. of, go, you know, kind of go the with that. The amount of times I've said that line and then had people at my outdoor job 
follow up with the next two lines is it it just makes me so happy so they pull it's, it's a dumb one outside so they pull the correct lever and now it's a roller coaster and you get some great sort of shots from like in the front of the looking at them as they go down and they're both like cronks like like with both hands and he's like dip their shoulders <laughs> down he's really enjoying the ride and as they land they're in full like dr horrible mad scientist like <laughs> um and they look and there's like there's like a high five and i i could do with a series that wasn't the emperor's new school but is just like Kronk and yzma like just having madcap adventures it's kind of what half of that show was oh because if they were like I the heinz doofenshmirtz reprised a role in that as well did she because if they yeah. were like the heinz doofenshmirtz of something and you had little side plots oh, and yeah. they got and they got thwarted every week but still came up with like a new plan the next week i'd be well up for that i mean it's kind of what it was but just it was not developed no and so they come up with oh, what was the original plan? Oh, the original plan is she's going to turn him into a flea. <laughs> turn him into a flea. Going to put flea in a box. Going to put that box in another box. Going to put that <laughs> that box to me when it arrives. I'll smash it with a hammer. And she goes. <laughs> But conversely, to save on postage, I think I'll just poison him I with this. Poison <laughs> um, I love this film. So and, much. and so they invite Cusco. And really, there's Can't so many, help. there's so many things about this film that you can kind of go. It works because Cusco's an idiot, or because Cusco's Cusco's an eomaniac. Because most films, I'd go, this is stupid, but it's not stupid because we've established it's literally a cartoon. First off, yeah. but we've established just the kind of person that Cusco is. So he would be blissfully unaware that someone would not want to cook him dinner after he fired mm-hmm. them. and so he gets invited around for dinner and he's like no hard feelings about that and they're like oh no and she goes is is everything (laughs) she asked croc is everything ready he goes oh you mean the poison the poison to kill cusco the cusco poison the 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 poison that's that's gonna kill cusco oh the cusco poison right (laughs) and he goes the poison's uncanny (laughs) what'd you say ellie so that was uncanny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and so and she goes, hey, "Well, we're ready." He's like, "Yes." And uh, is everything ready? And first, he's like, "You know, oh, I've got this great. Uh, you know, I've got. That, we're going to do this for start. We'll have the spinach, the bacon, then we'll do this. We'll soup and salad. And then, you know, eventually, she goes, I'm just ashamed that he'll be. He's upset that Cusco will be dead before dessert because it's, 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 it's going to be good." And she goes, "Fix Cusco a drink." And he's just like the, the least possible. He's the least suave guy ever. He's like a drink. Oh right, right. and so <laughs> off he goes. Ronk is the original himbo. Like he he paved the way for that kind of sort of himbo. None of us have any what? idea what you're on about. No. Oh, so a himbo is like a he bimbo, which is like a very strong, muscular guy oh, okay. who's like dumb as nails, but in like a wholesome, respectable way. So like launch pad, a boy toy. Yeah, a boy toy. Like, yeah, they're always thick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're always dim. Um, but so, and I, I, I think this this year's model is called Kronk or something like that. Like it was, <laughs> it's yeah. a new one every decade yeah. or so, every this ten years. Yeah. yeah. And, and so as he's making the drink, we have a shot from it's looking at Cusco, and so we see how ridiculous he should be hearing all of this, but he's he's just blissfully in our, there's a big explosion, and then Cusco gets off of the drink, goes, Do you smell, you smell something, and he goes, oh, something burning, and of course it's not the, <gasps> he thinks it's the, he thinks it's his spinach pops and not the. <laughs> not the uh the the exploding drink he's just made and so um at which point then he comes back with the spinach puffs and then doesn't remember which drink he's given the poison in so unlike me he actually cause I, this, this would have stumped me i'd be done so he goes over throws some pu- plant out of some sort of pot 
which is brilliant because all the so- all, all the soil comes with it. I'm like, that's amazing because I'd be having little <laughs> bits of soil in my in my beverage. I thought it was a vase. Oh, was it a vase it with a flowers vase, in it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. less impressive. Yeah, okay, with water. But he used it as, as like as like a little mar- mar- martini shaker or something like that, and shakes it, and then pours it. And we got three little explosions, which means that the pouring is what makes it go bang, and not the inclusion of the poison. Apparently so. It's, it, it's Chemistry. A, it's 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 a way so the viewer can know all three drink all three cups now yeah. have poison in them. Uh, and then he goes over and goes Cusco's oblivious because he's going to he's like don't drink the poison. <laughs> So like, don't drink the poison. So Isma like takes it and like pours it off to the side, or dumps it. No, dumps it in a plant. Here's the plant. Yeah. Whereas Kronk does the bit where he's acting like he's drinking it, but he's like it's on the other side of his mouth, so it's just like hitting his shirt and falling down. And if his top turned into a llama. Yeah, hey, there we go. Oh, that would have been cute. Or has like llama prints wherever it showed up. Llama print on his t-shirt. Yeah. And then Cusco faints. We think he's dead into the uh, into his soup, and she goes, "Oh, good work, Kronk." And he goes, "Thanks. They're easy to make because she thinks he's talking <laughs> about the spinach puff still." Uh, we turns out that the one of Kronk's spinach puffs. Yes, uh, and then it turns out that uh, you know Kronk is uh, messed the bottles up because he's not dead. He turns into a llama. A llama. He's supposed to be dead. <laughs> And like the 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 cactus is also turned the into a llama as well, which I thought was a cute visual. Oh, does game. it? Yeah. I was oh, it really? I missed, I missed that. that. Okay. The cactus turns llama shaped. That's cool. I was just thinking a minute ago. Wouldn't it be funny if that happened? Apparently, it did. It did. Yeah. And so he goes, "Go ahead and kill, kill him." And he goes, um, "Can we have dessert first? And he wins. They have dessert first, and then he goes off to kill <laughs> Cusco and uh, coffee as they escape. Uh, Kronk starts doing his own theme music. I believe I found out this was not planned, and Warburton did this on his own. So much so that I think he had to sell the rights to the to the humming to the Disney Corporation. Oh, of course. So he couldn't reuse this in, in, in another thing. Um, and so he gets Cusco and he puts him in this big waterfally kind of contraption where it takes like nine different levels to get there just enough time for shoulder angel and shoulder devil to come over as well shoulders and the devil's like you don't want to be saving him he's like well why not i got three good reasons and the first one is look at that guy he's got like a, a stringy he's instrument a he's playing and he's, and, he, and, he's, and he's wearing a dress <laughs> and then reason two is look look what i can do and he does like this one armed push-up thing <laughs> and then and then full-size cronk is like i don't know what the point is i have to do with anything and he's like hang on hang on he's, hang on. he's, he's got, got a, a point, point. <laughs> <laughs> and then doesn't bother with reason number three ellie when he says he's got a stringy thing the other one's like it's a harp and you know it that is not a harp it's like the size of his head that's a harp no, it's, a little, it's, it's, a, a little, it's just a really it's tiny, tiny harp. Weenie. It's, it's not still a harp though it's a teeny weeny one called a harpsichord. Angels, angels, no, no, it's a harpsichord when it's like that's a keyboard. That's, that's like a keyboard thing. Oh, oh. Or if you have a portable one where it's all there's something. What's the thing called where you put it over your shoulder and you and, and you strum it with, with like a thumb pick? I think that's called a harpsichord as well. Um, I want an angel with a keytar instead. But no, that, <laughs> that's still a harp. Yeah, it's a just, harp is supposed to be a thing you sit on the floor and it's bigger than you. All right. But I've heard that referred to as a harp many times. That's all I'm saying. Um, then we have it's a it's a leer. It's a leer. A liar. Oh, liar! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah Orpheus plays that. 
Wait, is that? The, I thought I thought a lyre was like was like a little, almost like a stringy thing. You That's do. a lute. Oh, there That's we are. A lute, yeah. I'm not up to snuff with my medieval instruments. It would seem. <laughs> <laughs> That would be Ellie's podcast. That's what that, that would be. Would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ar- musical instruments. You've archaic never heard musical of. instruments with Ellie. <laughs> so then Kronk saves Cusco from death. Uh, and we get like this mega, mega zoom out, which goes all the way back to like a monkey. <laughs> and like uh, the cities in the distance. That's actually an homage to Citizen Kane. Oh, that's the opening shot of Citizen Kane is something just like that. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, I wouldn't expect that for this film. And And then Kronk's walking down the steps because he goes, no, no, go back and show me me. And so uh, he's walking down the the stairs and he steps on a cat and cats and cats tails and cats doing things that are being a big deal in the script. This was just for convenience's sake because we need him to drop the... uh, the satchel or the, the, the sack somehow the bag, yeah drop the sack it's not what i really thought i'd say on the disney podcast but here we are <laughs> and um it lands as you wouldn't you know it on potch's cart and Ain't somehow and somehow a giant cart becomes invisible after three seconds of cronk getting turned around i mean it is cronk but still um and he just goes oh i hope that doesn't go back to haunt me and then he gets scared by the word haunt and that's the end of the scene <laughs> Now we meet Chica and Chacha and Tipo. All the way, this is uh, Pacha's family, and Chicha is Wendy Malik. And Wendy Malik uh, was, another thing, she was also in Just Shoot Me with David Spade, but listeners to the Best Film Ever podcast might recognize the voice from The American President. If you remember The American President, Sidney Ellen Wade, when she first shows up, has this other woman who goes with her to the White House and speaks really rudely to the security oh, yeah. guard and all that stuff. That's yeah. Wendy Malick. That's that's yeah. Potch's wife. Um, and these kids, I love Potch's wife. And these kids, uh, great. We I haven't thought of this yet, but like it normalized. It was the first time like, she's pregnant and it doesn't turn into a thing. So 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 mm. Potch's wife. And Francis McDermott and Fargo, the two key women. I was, was going to say, it's, it, <laughs> I was getting like remembering like when we talked about uh, Fargo with all of that. Because she's just normalized. Like, it, it, pregnant's just what she is. It doesn't define. It doesn't define who the character is. It's just what happens to be going on in her for her at this stage in her life, and it doesn't really have anything barring one joke or not even joke, but one plot point. It's 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 almost a complete non-factor, and the kids act like real kids when a parent gets home. They're like, "Hey, hey, here's what you missed. My my tooth now goes like this, and it does. And all this happened. It's not so much about what happened to you. Why were you away? It's all about me, me, me. Yeah. Which is what kids do. It's what kids do. Here's really what you missed in my life. Well. Huh? Like they're so annoying, but I really love them. Like a good word. I don't like precocious children in films. These didn't feel precocious. They felt real. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, and then it's like, can we stay up late? Come on, you just got home. To which point I am going, that's a big ass to go stay up to your father gets home and then you have to go right to bed. But he goes, sure, they can stay. I'm like, oh, you're a pushover, but we're just going to stay up late saying that we love each other. And they're like, yeah, we're going to bed. Uh, Pacha lies and says he didn't get to see Cusco and his wife is mad. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, he lies. Is that good? It's a difficult situation, but at the same time, she's pregnant and he has two kids. I think this is where the pregnancy thing does come into it because he doesn't want to wind her up too much and stress her out when she's pregnant. There's a bit when she's angry at Cusco when he thinks that she wouldn't, he wouldn't see Pacha. And then he's like, don't get too worked up. I guess she's got 
a fiery temper. Not fiery enough to punch him in the nose. This isn't parent trap anger. Um, <laughs> there's a freeze frame, and Cusco, Cusco reminds us that the story's not been about him for about five minutes, so he wants it back on him. Um, and so uh, we go back to um, the, the the sack that's been dropped, <laughs> and it gets opened, and all of a sudden there's... Sack to the future. There we go. And all of a sudden now there's a, a demon llama, according to Pacha. <laughs> and, of course, Cusco goes, demon llama, where? Ah! And um, eventually um, he says, do me a favor, do this and hold up your hands or count your fingers. And he goes, what do you want me to do? He goes, ah, and he gets, look, looks at his reflection and there's a great line. Ah, llama face. Llama face, yeah. Oh, llama face. And so the deal is that Pat tries to make is that I will help you turn back normal if you build your summer home somewhere else. Because his plan, and I forget this every time, halfway through the movie, I still forget it. His plan is that he doesn't know that Yzma's done this to him. So he wants to go back and get Yzma to help him. Um, so this is the deal. I'll, I'll help you if you build your summer home somewhere else. And Cusco says, I don't make deals with peasants and storms off into the jungle. Um, and Potch is like, you don't, you really don't want to go in there. And he ignores him. And so Potch goes, well, I guess that's that. If there's no Cusco, there's no Cusco topia and he's not wrong. Um, and then, I mean, this is, if, okay, maybe it's the, I don't want to give away my grumble early. I don't know if it is my grumble necessarily. I didn't like the squirrel. <gasps> yeah. Just don't watch Kronk's new groove. Favorite thing. Oh, because here's my problem. It's not about the character. The character of the squirrel's fine. The squirrel becomes an actual significant plot point in this film. That was my issue with it. Probably the same. So Georgia said that she quotes like Cusco and various people in this film. I quote the squirrel in this film. When I hand people things, I go, Okay. I don't know why. Never, just do it. I got news I for you. About, on behalf of the people you hand things to, neither do they. <laughs> that's going to be weird. Well, them you out. do because I've explained it to you before. But oh, <laughs> most people wouldn't. Know. Oh, and so Although I might start doing it to Georgia. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'd be alright with that. I will just reply with other <laughs> Emperor's New Groove quotes. It's fine. Squeak, 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 And so uh, Cusco fights with the squirrel, and there's a fall into a panther den. Something really weird, and I, I don't Cusco for a moment we're led to believe can understand all other animals because he can hear a fly. I think that's caught in a spider web. Oh yeah, it's like help, help me. Help me. So this that was also a cutscene in my game. I was going, oh, so 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 Cusco can now hear all other animals. It's gonna be like this. Uh what did we see do recently where this was the case where you could now understand all animals once brother you became bear. Brother Bear. So I thought it was like a brother bear logic where like you can now understand all animals. And no, just the fly. Because no other animal in this whole film can he actually understand. So what was the point <laughs> of this? Cusco learned fly, because apparently you can learn like an animal language if you study hard enough. And fly's level one. Fly's the one yeah. you like pass for free. <laughs> it's like the, the tutorial level. Um and it's the- CD-ROM PC game in your series. <laughs> Trying to pretend I know on my PC where that CD goes. Maybe the shorter the lifespan of the animal, the easier it is to learn their language. Maybe. To learn it so quickly. Maybe in the last five seconds, uh, all animals speak the universal language. Um, and so there's he's about to get eaten by these jaguars, and then what we have, what I'm calling a deus ex pacama. <laughs> or Pachama, kind of. And then he overshoots, then yes, he saves him. And they end up 
swinging on this vine and he kicks him up on the, on the rebound and then they get wrapped up over this tree and am i wrong does the squirrel help the tree break in some capacity or is I that it i think so okay. yeah it, it yeah. just breaks it just breaks because they st- they stay on it just talking and, and, uh, and potter's like this is fine we'll figure yeah. this out and right. then it falls and i had enough of a problem when like uh this sort of a thing happened in tangled but compared to this tangled's like national geographic i mean this thing <laughs> this thing hits like eight different cliffs on the way down and then they land it has a lot of they survive this. oh my word and then they're they're bouncing upright it happens they got lucky didn't go the other way and they were both like like head down in getting drowned <laughs> the whole time it could have gone that way but uh, potch is facing the um the camera side and so the, the direction they're going and he goes uh-oh and then this, this was cute again because um Cusco goes let me guess we're headed for for an enormous waterfall and he goes uh-huh sharp rocks at the bottom probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, ah! i mean this great like extreme long shot of them falling and in the greatest case of they survive this like the wood is now like splinters everywhere so obviously they hit something to break the wood and the vines <laughs> but they don't have a scratch on them nope they got plot llama plot armor Oh jeez, I don't even know what's a th- okay. Is, is that a, is that a term? Oh, yeah, that's plot armor. Oh. Yeah, plot armor is a thing for some films and TV shows where like the main characters in an apocalyptic situation they survive it because the, the plot needs yeah, them to. All the side, like yeah. The Walking yeah. Dead, all the side characters characters die, but like the main characters are plot armor. Main characters are always alive armor. until right. it's deemed their so, time. So there's an argument because Pacha saves his life here, but it's still not enough to make him change. And he goes, someday you're going to end up all alone and you don't have anyone to blame but yourself. That's foreshadowing. Uh, Pacha then gives Cusco because they try and sleep and uh, and Cusco demands a fire, which he makes. But then, I don't know, I guess Cusco's angry and goes and sleeps and he's shivering. And Pach, Pacha gives Cusco his poncho to use as a blanket say that again three times fast i don't even want to try to say it again <laughs> back at the palace yzma is installed and there's a great little like mini like 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 sequence of like all of like the iconography getting swapped over from Cusco's gold sunny to yzma's evil purple mm. yeah because they have that they had the funeral and then like she's like well it's not getting any dead and everyone and me's like oh yeah oh he's he's dead what does it matter <laughs> And then the royal tailor shows up, and uh, Cusco says, I'm kind of hard to dress. I'm a 66 long with a 31 waist. I loved this joke. Yep. Because Kronk's dimensions are insane. <laughs> They're so stupid. And I, I had, like, He-Man like figures growing up, but this was, like, ridiculous. Like, he would fall over if he was a regular, if he was an actual person. His waist well, his would snap. Are like, his feet must be, like, size 50 or something yeah. just to stop him <laughs> from toppling. Yzma finds out that Cusco's alive and they're now off on their mission to find him. Which I think this is the part where it starts to feel like it's it's not the original plan. I mean, for like the script. It's what can we do with these people? Because yeah, there's bit. nothing for them to do. Uh, Tico wakes up and he's dreamt most of Act 2 to this point. Uh, he said, I had this dream that dad was going over this terrible waterfall, da 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 And then the sister wakes up and says, I dreamed that dad had to kiss a llama. Which is fun for the audience, and it lets us remember who they are. Yeah, and then you get, nah uh uh-huh, nah uh uh-huh, nah uh uh-huh, which just cracks me up. And Pacha wakes up, and the boys make up. Um, Cusco says he'll build his power somewhere else, and um, Pacha wants a shake, and he says, don't shake unless you mean it. And then Pacha's like, oh, 
boy thank you and like we couldn't have should they have waited longer for this would this have been better if they didn't do the no thank you and instead he turns when they get to the rope bridge instead the next 10 minutes is so quickly done for a character turn and then return that it feels like it's straight out of a thor film with loki like (laughs) would it have been better if we didn't know he was lying at this point I, uh, I I guess. Know, I th- I, yeah. Nah, I think it would be better if you get to the key moment that he needs him, and then he walks over the bridge and goes, "Sorry about your luck," and just keeps walking. That's a better heel yeah. turn. Like, either way, either way, if it happens, I'm gonna hate Cusco. I hate Cusco for this. I'd hate him if we didn't get that part. Right, but way. let's let's go over this. So he goes to bed a jerk. He wakes up and now they're good, but two seconds later he's bad. Then he goes to he's pretending to be good. Goes to the rope bridge, reveals he's bad, but then he turns good about two seconds later. Yeah, that's a it's, lot of switching. That's a lot it's, of switching. It, it's why I said it's the Loki thing because it happens too quickly yeah. and it's so it's it's I it's done just for that sort of for that one sort of sequence. So uh, they get to the rope bridge, and apparently they're only an hour away from the palace at this point. Pacha gets uh, goes through the rope bridge, one of the wooden planks. He's caught up in the in the ropes, and by ropes, I guess I mean vines. Um, Cusco then goes to leave him behind, but then goes back to gloat. So much different movie yeah. if he doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, and then they begin to fight because uh, he goes through the bridge as well, and they're both wrapped up in vines. They begin to fight while caught up in the vines. And my favorite part, because there was a line that had been established to this point, but they're fighting and they're punching back and forward. And so Cusco like like slugs him, and then when Pach comes back, he's just like, "No, touchy." <laughs> and of course, he gets slugged <laughs> instead. Back from earlier. Yeah, yeah. And um, I like that Pacha starts that fight because he like is really concerned, like acts really concerned that Cusco's fallen through the bridge yeah. and just goes, "Are you all right?" And he's you like, think yeah, he's yeah, the most altruistic person? He just absolutely yeah. smashes him round yeah. the face. It's brilliant. Um, and so they fall, um, and they're both about to go. Th- 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 there's a like a ravine that narrows, and then at the very bottom, it, it kind of like bottlenecks open into like not- it's, nothingness. It's like an hourglass. Yeah. Of a- and you're like existed the, real geometry. Sorry, you, probably geometry, geology, geography, geometry, geometry, is, geometry is shapes, yeah. geometry yeah. shapes. Geography. Oh, geography. Um, and so geometric geography. Actually, they would all apply because it's rocks. So we have geology. We've got shapes, so it would be geometry, and it's got to do with rocks as a thing, which would be geography in some capacity. So we've hit all three. We're all right by proxy. My favorite kind of being correct. There we go. Um, but anyway, does it exist in real life? <laughs> I don't know. It could due to um, uh, ice, like ice formations and things. Yeah, yeah it could. In, in, in a world where Kronk's body dimensions can exist, I'm okay with this. <laughs> um, and so uh, they go, well, let's, there's alligators down below. And so it's like, walk up the hill. Now, this assumes that... Kronk's body dimensions, actually. Pardon me? They're quite similar to Kronk's body dimensions, actually. Oh, yeah, in a sense they are, yeah. It's so, where every Kronk is formed. So, so he's like walk up the hill and so this assumes that they're going to put anywhere near an equal amount of weight on each other's backs going up which is not likely to happen from what i'm seeing from those two but they walk up the hill and it says at one point uh, Kusha goes it's a good thing you're not a big fat guy or this would be really difficult <laughs> <laughs> but uh they stretch on out and Cusco's carrying all the weight on his neck and um just as he's getting down scorpions come down and end up um 
disrupting the flow. Uh, it ends up then that Cusco's got his face in a bat cave. Not that bat cave, but a bat cave. A bat cave. And uh, then um, scorpions come down Pacha's neck, and then he gets all whatever, and the bats get spooked. And somehow they ride the bats with the vine up to safety, and they land right where they were where the whole scene started. On the on the original side of the ravine, not so the side they need, not to the be. side they've crossed. So now it's going to be a four day walk. Yep. At which point I was going, oh, four day. Oh, four days missed more. the bit where uh, Patch almost falls back to his death, and Cusco has his his again turn to being a good guy and saves Patch from falling. Yes, yes, and uh, it, we get a callback of a conversation they had earlier, which is um, no one's that heartless. And like that's the sign. Oh, he's turning good. Look, he didn't let Pasha die. I'm like, that's a pretty low bar you're passing there. <laughs> Not letting someone die in front of you. Also, just instinct, right? I mean, he did yeah. nearly to, let Pasha to, die anyway. to like to like altruistic. You can. I don't want to build my land, my my vacation home. That's a big. That's a big jump. But <laughs> Pasha at this point is totally zen about it. He's like, well, I'll still take you. He's like, I'm still gonna build my summer home. He goes, that's fine. You got four days. After all, I shook on it, and you might change your mind. And I'm like, okay. So back, and we think we're back in the palace, and Yzma's shouting instructions. And it turns out, nope, she's on some sort of a carrying. It's like a baby backpack, but for adults. <laughs> I love this because then she's like, "Stop! I'm tired." I'm tired. She climbs out. I'll tell you what, though, when she walks, it is an entrance when Yzma bursts through those curtains. Oh, um, yeah, it's so dramatic. But then she's attacked by flies, and Kronk speaks squirrel. And Eastman doesn't like it, but he goes, it's not always about you. He says, this poor little guy, a talking llama, gave him a hard time the other day. So my issue is, how does the squirrel know that Cusco's a talking llama? Magic. Magic squirrel. Because it was, it, I should imagine it's because Cusco was talking English human to the squirrel. But and the still squirrel like can identify, even though the squirrel doesn't speak English human, he can identify what English human is. We can identify that it wasn't llama that he was speaking. That's stupid. <laughs> uh, then the squirrel doesn't like Yzma and they make them stand so, so far away. And there's a glorious two shot of them being very, very, is this good enough? Yeah, he says that's great. Uh, and this lets them know that, okay, in the area is Cusco. Uh, we then switch because Cusco said he wanted to be carried. He said, no, I'm not carrying you. And, of course, in the next scene, Cusco is being carried by Pacha and says, low blood sugar, huh? He says, well, I'll tell you what. It's not happening after we get food. And this felt like we need to pad the runtime. So here we go. <laughs> Enter a non-suable big boy restaurant because it looks like the big boy sort of icon but sort of changed enough so you can't sue us. And there's a sign. Uh, every other animal can come into this, I guess, except for llamas. Yes. No llamas. No llamas. And this forces us to have um, this setup where Pacha and Cusco are on their honeymoon. And they tell the waiter, waitress we're on their honeymoon, and she goes, bless you for coming out in public. <laughs> <laughs> and they fashioned Pacha's poncho into some sort of a dress-looking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know where they got the mascara and the lipstick. Crushed bugs and berries. Uh, Cusco goes to the kitchen because he hates the bug dish, and I'm with him on this. This seems foul. Hot crispy pill bug. Yeah. Oh yeah. It kind of looked like a treat. And as Cusco is walking to the kitchen, some random old guy like checks out Cusco's ass. 
looks back at Pacha and gives him a thumbs up. And I'm like, yep. I got so many problems with that. <laughs> I don't um, know if it's the bestiality or like the male gaze or just th- there's a lot there. It's just the idea that if someone's walking by, you have the right to look at them, grab it, and then give the person who owns that that person. He's I'm giving used to, finger quotes, but but but, <laughs> but like the thumbs up to go like, well done, you. You've chosen a sexually doable partner. If someone did that to me with my partner, yeah, I'd start swinging. <laughs> Uh, I think I'd, I I think I might ask what the thumbs ups in reference. Oh, okay, why, A, why do you approve? B, why is it my success? Yep. <laughs> Go up to them and be like, "Hey, thumbs up." I like. I don't do that either. I like what you've done back there. No, don't do that either. But it's it's <laughs> it's at least a slightly more correct. I, I, I think it's a. I don't know. I'm by no means suggesting you go out there and sexually harass people. I just can't get my head around this. Um, so. Um, Kronk, Kuzco goes to the kitchen. Oh, we've said that. Uh, Isma and Kronk sit at the next table over to Pacha. Pacha finds out that Isma tried to kill Cusco, and uh, Cusco is complaining about the food. And then Kronk wants to know about special orders, and the chef quits, which of course means that Kronk has to do this. And Kronk is like a short order cook whiz. I love how when she gives him the list of orders, the last one is a steak cut in the shape of a trout. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, and also a, a cow turned into a gill or something like that is, yeah. is how he says it at the end. So he even uses like diner lingo back to her. Um, there's a bit of a rotating door joke about what to do with the like fries with cheese on them or something like that. Oh, yeah, because yeah. she wants potatoes with cheese, but Cusco wants potatoes without cheese. So oh, okay, that's keep, it. Like, and what revolving kind of potatoes? The and it was, it's yeah. like, on second thoughts, make my potatoes a salad. And they say at the same time, it's a good joke. It didn't overstay its welcome. Just when I was starting to get tired of it, they they, 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 they cut it, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's starting to look, and the two characters are acting in perfect unison. They both hold up their their menus. This is Cusco and Yzma. They both put them down, and Yzma's starting to get a little bit nervous not not so nervous is right wrong word um i'm I'm skeptical maybe um suspicious Suspicious. suspicious minds suspicious and then we have a birthday song ex machina by pacha and i love this it's so good (laughs) he rushes uh them out uh except for then it's not an ex machina because cusco refuses to believe that yzma would do this so pacha takes off uh, and then Cusco finds out, and rather than run up and go, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, which is what he should have done, he just quietly like approaches and then finds out, oh, they really are here to kill me. Mm. Cool. He looks so sad. This was another unnecessary padding because it's just, in any other film, they would have this expanded upon a bit more than just literally two minutes. This is like... Remember when, when we all saw uh, Star Wars 9 and it's like, this character's dead. Two minutes later, no, they're not. It was that same thing. Yeah. This was unnecessary. Well, we need to get back to the, the, the circular narrative, which is back to the start of the film that we saw, which is Cusco in the rain. And he's going, see, I'm the victim here. At which point the flashback Cusco refers to the narrator Cusco and says, you know, have you been paying attention? It's That's not the case at all. And I'm like, I'm totally confused with, with I mean, it, it, but we've established it's this kind of a film, so we're okay with this. Um, we cut to Kronk and Yzma who are camping out. Kronk's teddy bear has the same stupid hat that he does. 
Kronk and wakes his up. His tent is only so is so small; it only covers his knees. Was oh, it there a He's tent? He's pitching a tent. Oh, there we go. Um, Kronk has a. Uh, he wakes up and he recognizes Pacha, but goes, "The peasant never paid his bill." And then he wakes up and he's like, "It's also the same guy with the uh, cart from the village." Oh no, he's got Cusco. Um, and his teddy, his teddy's great. <laughs> he's got a little hat as well, yeah. like he does. Cusco yeah. has flat out given up and just goes to hang out with the llamas. He takes the um, the poncho that he was given and the hat and he puts it down outside of the village. And then he goes and hangs out with the llamas and he starts eating grass. And then the other llamas it's will a talk bit like to him. Simba eating bugs. Yeah. And, but he's obviously not enjoying it. And then the other llamas don't want to be his friend. He's like Rudolph. And then we have a reunion because Potch is there talking to llamas who apparently like just hear him, him talk, I guess. He's the llama whisperer. And then uh, he sees Cusco and he's got the, 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 the clothes on that were left behind. He goes, are you tired of being a llama? And they've made up. Uh, back to, to Pacha's house. Yzma and Kronk are now relatives. Uh, there's some great uh, relatives of Pacha. I mean, there's some great jump rope jokes. Which were some fun oh, yeah. visual cutaways. <laughs> I did like all that, especially in moments where like the ropes would keep spinning, but on the two sides, there's literally nobody there, and you can see there's nobody there as the ropes go around on their I own. I think my favorite one is when he's doing like a reverse double dutch, but at a point they'll swap, and it's when he's was like, "Oh, we need what? to go, we need to go," and she and she's like, "Now, Kronk," and he's like, "Okay," and then she he gets she's the one ropes. doing the ropes. Yeah, yeah, I loved that one. Um, and so. They get they get Yzma and they lock her in the cupboard and she goes, Tell us where the llama is and we'll burn your house to the ground. They went, and that's not really much enough. Or we'll burn your house to the ground. And the daughter's like, That seems like a crucial conjunction. Which one is it? And I'm like, I love this kid. Yeah. (laughs) And there's some fun cartoon logic with like, you know what to do? Ready. And they ready, okay, they go to charge the door, and they open the door and they go moving down, they've slicked the floor, down they go, and then somehow the 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 sun (laughs) has teleported a third of the way down and like coats them in like I don't know, like glue. And then another third of the way down, there's the daughter and she hits him with a pillow. And then the sun's back again and something else happens. And And then Yzma turns into a pinata. I believe Yzma's a pinata at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And during this time, uh, Pacha and um, Cusco have ended up at the house, and they've been tipped off, and they're getting a head start. And that's what all this is. This is all of this is is um, a distraction, a distraction to buy them time. And there's a chase sequence where if a dotted line is a real thing, and the characters conceive a dotted lines appear, which was great. Love that. Uh, there's a thundercloud which then attacks Isma and stops them. And then we get back to the palace, and we have Cusco coming in from the uh, with, with the alligator, going, "Why does she even have that lever?" Which is a great callback to the start of the movie. <laughs> they're in the costumes that um, they're in the mad scientist costumes briefly, Pacha and uh, and yeah. Cusco. And then all of a sudden, there's Kronk, and they go and Edisma, and, and Cusco goes, "How did you get here before us?" And Kronk's uh, and Edisma's like. Yeah, how did we? And then Kronk just pulls down the map and goes, beats me, and he shows the map. And <laughs> <laughs> you um, have missed an absolutely crucial joke. What's that? When they're looking in the cabinet of the potions, oh, and they yeah. go, lions and tigers and, and bears. bears. And Isma goes, oh my. oh my. The animators hated that joke. <gasps> oh, I love that, that joke. That was done on behalf of Disney executives. They did not want to put that in. Really? Oh, I yeah. loved it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I get it. It's 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 predictable. I mean, yeah, okay. 
it's it's low hanging it's low hanging fruit. But if you really liked it, I mean, the minority it looks like that's fine. Um, I'm sitting on behalf of my boys making the movie. Go on, go strong. Um, and so um, she goes, do you really? He asked her, he goes, do you really want to kill me? And she goes, don't think of it as dying. Think of it as being let go. Think of it as not picking up your option. Think of it as the ultimate outsourcing. And then Kronk goes, hey, it's kind of like that speech that he did to you at the start of the movie. <laughs> He's like, thank you for pointing that out. And I'm like, no, it's cool. I want to have Kronk and I want to have the daughter of Pacha's yeah. on for a future episode so you can help us break says, stuff down. She says, it's called cruel irony, like my yes. dependence on you. <laughs> She gives Kronk a knife to kill um, to kill Cusco, and then we have the angel-devil quandary. And the great part is, like, he's talking about it with the angel and the devil, and then we cut briefly to, like, all the other characters' perspective as Kronk's just, like, talking, <laughs> talking to, to his hell. shoulders, <laughs> which was great. Um, so, and then uh, he finally decides, because she starts yelling at him and calling him stupid and all this stuff. So they, the one that was, I don't know about you, but I always hear the right answer is up. And you look up and there's a chandelier. And he, he says, from above, the wicked oh, shall receive right. their just rewards. And it cuts the rope and it falls and lands right on her. But of course, there's a hole in the middle and, and it lands and she's perfectly okay. And he goes, something like, ah, I don't know, that usually works or something. <laughs> and uh, then there's, what I've got down here is a vile fight. She calls the soldiers and says that they killed Emperor Cusco, and the soldiers are all turned into all sorts of manner of uh, crazy animals. I've been turned into a cow. Can, Can I, I go, go home? home? She's like, yeah, okay. Anybody else? Like, no, it's fine. So for a brief moment, we have this like really crazy kind of joke of these like random animals. It's like junk. It's like Robin Hood just developed, where all these anthropomorphized. <laughs> And like um, the octopus animals. has like a load of uh, balaxes and all. I I just love the visual Thank stuff you. with it. Um, and so my question is that she's got one vial of poison and everything else is just some sort of transformative potion. There's nothing yeah, that makes no. you sleep. There's nothing that makes you age. There's nothing that makes you tall. There's nothing that makes you short. There's not not it's just all animals and one vial of poison, <laughs> and they're all pink. Um, and so they decide we'll just drink them all because now the labels are all off I guess Uh, and so he turns into a parrot he turns into a whale and he's like hey I'm back to being a llama and he's like oh (laughs) and then Yzma there's two left and Yzma drinks the one and she's turned into a cat and we have this great reveal where he thinks she's just some horrible monster and then no she's some little kitty cat and that is fitting I I would argue that she is a horrible monster now and that is fitting because Eartha Kitt played Catwoman on the Batman series back (laughs) in the 1960s but it's not Eartha Kitt voicing her as a cat what? is it not? Mm -mm. oh it's the director Wow. that's both cool and disappointing at the same time mm-hmm. um and so um pacha is attacked by the cat and falls precariously the vial is dropped and falls down yzma is dropping as the cat so is the thing and then all of a sudden we have this great gag of um no i'm telling you we didn't order a giant trampoline <laughs> by which point yzma hits the giant trampoline grabs the vial ends up back there and she's like let me tell you something i win and the door goes smack because kronk who'd been set down a trap door just earlier is now back as what are the odds that that trap door would lead me here 
Um, and that's about it. So we get to the coda. Uh, we, we have, he drinks the potion, but we don't get to see. That seemed weird. Why didn't we get to see the reveal scene? Isn't that a big deal in, Mar- because- in, 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 in Disney films? I think it's so you can get the the reveal of like the final musical number where like you see the wait yeah because <laughs> you you, you oh, do realize wait, you're no. you're talking right now right yeah no for some <laughs> reason I thought it hard cut to him like bursting through his summer house and I'm realized I'm completely no it doesn't wrong. it does there's a whole yeah, there's a whole other scene. I- yeah, I just remember. So we, we see like smoke and stuff happen, but then it cuts more light to a reaction shot of Pacha's, but we don't get to see it. And like you think about the, the importance of that scene in like all sorts of movies where someone transforms and then transforms back at the end, but Beauty and the Beast or even something like Shrek and, and the importance. He would have been naked. Would he have? Yes. Well, he's not wearing any clothes when he's a llama, is he? Yeah, he is. He's got like a red jumpsuit on. Isn't that just his colouring? No, because lumbers aren't red. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I still think it was disappointing. Um, And so then we cut, and now he's back to being his usual self, and he's apologising to Piglet for throwing him out of the window. And he says, oh, no, no, it's not the first time I've been thrown out of a window, and it won't be the last. He goes, I'm a rebel. (laughs) (laughs) Which is cute, but it's not in line with the character we saw earlier. Beware the groove. Don't throw off his groove. He's just different now. Okay. Um, And then he gets Pacha, and he says, you lied to me. I didn't hear any singing. I think I'll have to go ahead and put my holiday home on someone on some on more some uh, some hill. more magical hilltop. And he goes, "Well, the hilltop next to ours is pretty." Uh, ma-. So I, I'd like to imagine there was a family living next to him. Pacha just sold them out. So you can hang out with his buddy. <laughs> um, and so Tom Jones sings the moral. He's like, "The important thing to do is remember you have friends." Da 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 da. A fun little fact about Tom Jones doing the singing. Obviously, it was written by um, Sting, and Sting requested that uh, he was supposed to sing it in the first place, but he said, no, I'm too old for this sort of sound. So Tom want- Jones is the answer. <laughs> so I, I want someone else younger to do it, and Tom Jones is 11 years older than Sting. Yeah. That's hilarious. And he's yeah. from Wales, which makes him like 10 years older than that as well. Because, so, <laughs> um, you know, uh, so then and there's a little bit more of Kronk and the squirrels and Yzma as a cat. And that's our movie. So your final thing is a Kronk joke. And, uh, yeah, um, that is that. So I don't know. I, a really weird credit song, which I didn't stick around for. This is Sting, know. right? Yeah, it didn't yeah. match the tone of the film at all. No, it doesn't. It's, I think it's from the original cut yeah. of the film, yeah. So, you know, that is The Emperor's New Groove. Despite, I mean, it's, a, it's really quick. Yeah. Uh, it feels episodic as opposed to a linear story. It feels like what crazy hijinks can we have them do? Come up with five or six hijinks we can do, and we'll put them together, and that's our movie. Because they made it for the video game. Yes, that's it. <laughs> We've already put that game in that CD-ROM into cereal boxes. Make it happen. Make it work. I thought you meant us as like our podcast. No, no, no. So, um, if anyone wants to get me a functioning copy of that game, I'll be so happy. There we go. If you can fire us off a link where we can find that video game, that would be it, great. It was made for PlayStation as well. I wonder if you can get it on like 
modern PlayStation. I version. don't imagine the PS4 is considering the Emperor's mm. New Groove video game. But <laughs> oh, I don't, he should. Now, Ellie's got a Mac, so it might be even harder to make this work. <laughs> That's true. So, and he's got some special software wait, to run it. I wonder it. if CEX sell it. Uh, okay, I'm going to go. I don't think they're selling a game that was given away for free in a cereal box. I think someone's trying to trade that in. They're going, you must be joking. You have to pay us to take this off your hands. So um, let's hit the button now. I'm going to do a drop. We're in the end game now. And we are in the end game now. Um... I mean, I, don't, I I really like the film. and I, I love this film. Yeah, yeah, I think that's become quite clear as you burst our eardrums if you're excited quoting into the uh, microphone. <laughs> uh, Ethan thinks he's found a copy. Is that the CEX website? Yeah. <laughs> that's they, funny. They sell uh, for the PC and the Game Boy Color. Wow. The, re- the reason I found it so quickly earlier that, that it was from Coco Shreddies was because someone was selling... Um, two boxes of shreddies with the games attached on ebay <laughs> ethan how much do you have to pay for that game one pound okay so it is it is manageable so there we go uh, but it's only like, on can pc can i put it in something and play it it's only on, it's only it on pc you may game. have to find some sort of i don't know if like be, is it compatible play. i don't know probably Doubt not it. it's from 2000 probably so anyway the, the stay stay tuned we will see if we can make this <laughs> literally work if, if you're listening and you know let me know let, yeah so there we go <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, Georgia, you and I probably both know the money facts here. So really, it's yeah. the other two here. But uh, it's a hundred. I'll tell you what. I'll say it's a hundred million dollar budget. You guys can guess, and then Georgia what? can reveal what the actual number was for the for the box office. So a hundred million. What does it take home? Oh God! Actually, no. That makes sense now, considering everything you've said in context corner. Um, thirty million. Oh, okay. Thirty million. Ninety. Georgia. Uh, I believe it took 169. Yeah, I've got 170. I rounded up. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, 30 is a bit. Yeah, pretty much a disaster. Um, but I, I don't think it makes its money back. It probably could consider marketing and, 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 you know, making those video games and putting them in cereal boxes. I mean, you know, um, so I don't, I don't imagine does that. But yet I think it is massive on, on the home video front because it, it does spawn, as we said, it spawns Kronk's New Groove, It's which is... It's, it, as far as like a directed DVD film goes, it's okay. It's terrible. I thought. Well, I do not it's, like it's it. Direct to DVD, in it? So yeah. are, um, it's directed DVD in it, so they generally are. I believe the um, DVD and VHS sales in two thousand and one, which is when this came out on um, for home release, were the high. It was the best selling home release of two thousand and one. I imagine wow. it's something where it's the kind of thing where people slept on it. Someone went, "This is actually really good." Yeah, and it actually turned into something. Because what was before this one was I usually have this this data, and I didn't do it for this one because I wasn't doing context corner. So what came before this and what came after this? Okay, it was preceded by dinosaur. That was my thought. Oh God, no wonder. That was my thought. Oh, sorry about that. And succeeded by Atlantis, the Lost Empire. So this, oh. so this is kind of like a golden sort of hiccup. In between, like what's a Atlantis, pretty, but yeah, what's 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 a pretty crap run? And so, if dinosaur probably trained people, don't go see Disney releases. Um, and so, I think it started up kind of 
I think they're fairly close together time wise. So because dinosaurs also two thousand, I think. So. Dinosaur, yeah. I believe, filled the slot that Empress New Groove was supposed to take. So it took the summer slot, and Empress oh. New Groove took the winter slot. I yeah. Believe. So, but like less than six months later, it's another yeah. Disney film. So, do you really want to? If you've already seen your one, it, 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 you have to go away long enough to make them miss you. I keep saying this in regards to the Marvel Especially stuff. Especially when it's dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. I think people are a little bit bitten and, sh- and, and shy. So uh, awards. It was nominated for best original song. No idea what beat it. I don't think they have the Academy Award yet for best animated feature. I don't think that comes until Shrek hits the scene. I think. Shrek's- Wait, no. I thought that was Beauty and the Beast because Beauty and the Beast like won best picture, and then they were like, "Well, no, we'll just give it its own category." It didn't win best picture. It was nominated for best picture. It doesn't win best picture. Wait, that might have been why then it goes. It's the only it's the only Disney animated classic to ever the only animated film full stop that was ever nominated for Best Picture. Mm. So no, I'm sure the first best animated look at us doing all those research I'm I'm convinced the first best animated feature is not until two thousand or something like that. I might be wrong. Uh, let's take a look. This is a fun edit. Two thousand one was the first best animated feature. And did it go to Shrek? It went to Shrek. I was 100% right. Hey, hashtag Ian is right. There we go. So, um, hashtag Ian is self-congratulatory. So, um, I don't know. We don't have a pause for the parks this week um, because I don't think there's a whole lot of it. I mean, do you guys have any information about the parks with this thing in it? There's just some character costumes and that's really about it. I don't remember anything even in like the wiki for any of the parks about it really being that big of a thing it's okay. very stoozed on they are um isma and isma cronk and uh kuzco are classed as rare character meets um and they only come out on special events like if you do like the run disney which happens like early in the morning before disney park opens you might see them round the route like they're that sort of character they're very rare okay. um so other than that there's pretty much nothing but i'd love them to make a ride based on the like lab scene that would be great i think everyone wants that yeah yeah that's a good point i don't know i don't know where you put it because it doesn't really link into any part of any park but It'd be cute. All right. Uh, what about the role of women in this film? Uh, I'll let the two, the two women go ahead and, and, and have well, first crack at that. I would like to talk about a scene that we didn't discuss earlier, um, which is when I've forgotten her name, Kronk's wife. I don't don't know that I ever heard it. Do we Patch's wife? I, I I did say um, it. It's very sorry. it's very yeah. si- it's very Patch's similar. Wife. It's very similar to his daughters it starts with a t i know that much okay Um, anyway um when she gets um really worked up um she says i need to go wash something and then she goes and does the dishes okay and part of me wants to go that's really sexist oh my god how dare they do that and the other part of me is going yeah i do that i think Mm -hmm. you're allowed to (sighs) i mean there are people who do i mean monica on friends you know, um, she cleaned, yeah. and some people do. You know, I'm I'm so worked up, I need to clean something. Some people have that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think the issue is when you only get a real snapshot of her as a character, it's perhaps a bit problematic to just throw that in there as kind of. She's a housewife. Yeah, the rest she of is. her is is really good though. She's really I strong. Really like, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, yeah, I really like Patch as well. I love I, I love her. Um, and like I said, I would I would probably do that as well. Like sometimes I clean stuff when i'm angry there you go so um i don't know it was worth noting yeah that's um georgia i mean i I thought the role of women generally was good i mean yzma gets to be the villain say yzma's the main villain villain. 
um and you get patch's wife who is great you get the little girl who questions her like yeah. <laughs> grammar like grammatical choices like it's no they're they're, they're pretty good even the woman at the, the the waitress at the diner is quite funny she's yeah. great yeah, yeah she is. <laughs> uh favorite character i think this might be a sweep but let's go ahead and put it up there favorite character won't be a sweep because you hate my favorite character is your favorite character the squirrel is it really yeah I all right squirrel. <laughs> uh georgia Kronk. okay He's- uh patcha i oh, love wow, patcha okay. he's so wholesome in this he is very wholesome in it. uh i'm gonna go with Kronk. i think there's a reason why the sequel is called Kronk's Kronk's groove. new groove Kronk's new yeah. groove or Kronk. yeah uh, i think he's ab- i think this was the perfect time where patrick warburton was just blowing up and he's got that distinctive voice and he's so aware he's in on every joke that he's in on but he's so outside of every joke he's not in on and i think it's just it's just so good the writers of the film when they rejigged it figured out how to best showcase patrick warburton he might not have been originally in the cast, but they were, what can we do? And it's per- they're basically writing his putty. If you ever get a chance to watch Seinfeld where he's on it, like they're basically writing his character in there. Yeah. A more innocent version of it, but the, the, the character nonetheless. And it's, I think he's great. So that's me. I understand Pacha 100%. I think Pacha's great. Uh, I don't think there's a chance anybody's saying Cusco, but that's because the point. He's supposed to be an irritating yeah. little pissant. So, <laughs> um, and, and it, it worked as such. So. Um, I'm not gonna do favorite song because there was one. <laughs> like, Cusco. There, there, there is a recorded version of Eartha Kitt's song. Yes, there is oh. out there. The, um, special ones, isn't it? It is yeah. out there. To find that. Yeah. Is um, it Santa Baby? No. No, it's oh. Pacha Baby. Um, <laughs> um, favorite moment or element of the? We probably have time for both. Favorite moment, favorite element, whatever you want to do. But let's start with Ellie. Well, besides the squirrel scenes, because don't want to sound like a broken record, um, I really like the bit with Yzma and Kronk at the house when they're doing the skipping and then get locked in the cupboard and stuff. That whole bit, I just really, I really like all of the stuff with the wife and kids in, really. Okay. Uh, Georgia? I really like how just meta the whole film is. It's just so silly and so self-aware. He stops the bloody, like, actual, like, screen like recording to draw on it at one point and yeah it's, it's just so good i, lo- I love it and you've favorite- got a massive zoom out to the monkey and the bug as well yeah favorite moment or scene or is that pretty much incorporated what you said there uh, uh the yeah scenes, most, the most of the those sorts of things but i mean any scene where cronk says something really really quotable okay um you with the whole film yeah i'm gonna kind of incorporate the two because my favorite kind of moment and element of this film is basically from the second we get to Patch's family near the end to the end because it incorporates every bit of absurdist humor I want from this film and it hits it like balls to the walls for those final like 15 minutes. For the record it's just one wall. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, just, just sort of aware of. Yeah and it hits it like perfectly in its absurdity and it's like self-referentialness and uh like everything about it and i wish it did more of it because those final 50 minutes are perfect for the tone of the film okay uh, i'm gonna go for my favorite part of the film my favorite element if you will is the tone and you think you can put all that stuff together and i think the word tone covers most of it mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite uh, scene, if you will, is probably the dinner party 
because yeah. it's where you get a lot of that for the first time and a lot of the a lot of the the absurdity and it's when Kronk start you start to figure out who Kronk really is as a character and i think it all oh, works shit. out really really well right the poison the poison for Cusco Cusco and the poison that's gonna kill Paul yes Cusco so, <gasps> the poison specifically chosen to kill Cusco yeah that poison so yeah I enjoyed that um, and just, just, just watching Eartha Kit and I, I, I don't know if they were in the same room probably not but just at least as far as on the screen watching Eartha Kit watching the two characters play off each other anytime the two of them yeah. were sort of involved in something probably before they go on their quest but even still in the quest I just really enjoyed it um grumble grumble my little grumble these twists and turns of fate ellie um i don't hugely have one um so i just went for the fact that Cusco is really annoying but i know he's supposed to be so uh, you, you 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 could argue that thing. as a viewer we, we we can't forgive him potentially potentially i don't know if it goes that far i, I mean know. i guess he does the right thing in the end so he does try to make amends for what he's done so and he's a much smaller, we didn't mention his his home on the hill is much smaller and more modest than we were led to believe it was going to be. And so. hasn't destroyed anyone's lives in the process. There's so, there was totally, Pacha hated the guy who lived next to him. That's why he did that. Pacha's, Pacha's <laughs> actually like a criminal mastermind this whole time he's been manipulating. That's the sequel I want to see. <laughs> There's such a cute fake out joke as well. I don't think we mentioned that like the bird bath is actually like just the model of the Cusco Topia palace. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Grumble? Um, just a couple of the jokes that are a little bit outdated, but th- because they're in this film and because of the tone of the entire film and because they're mostly made by Kuzco, who we're not supposed to like anyway, particularly, they're mostly forgiven, I think. Um, so, like, the... Um, the him literally picking a bride out of things and going, you must have a nice personality. Like, yeah. that sort of that sort of joke but i mean i that's still them, laugh at them because they are so ridiculous that's them right but like i said about what them with patrick warburton that's them writing a joke because it's david spade it's exactly what his yeah. character would do on anything he's with his rules of engagement just shoot me or saturday night live that's just how his he's always presented but i understand why that could be something you don't like but i, I think it's one of those things yeah, where no, if you I, don't know david spade that, that that there's two levels of joke in the in that sort of a thing and party is yeah. going ah, it's david spade in it in a disney film weird yeah, I, combination yeah, I still laugh at that that joke, but like it wouldn't like, you wouldn't get it now. Like no, 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 Ethan. Uh, you guys are gonna really hate me because I've got a couple. Um, I really I don't like how they keep flip flopping on Cusco being like, oh yeah, I'm your buddy, then like just turning into a genuine villain who would kill Patcher if he gets the 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 choice. The constant there is that moment, sort of, yeah. The constant changing of like allegiance is just so we can pad the runtime or have a bit of drama is really, really like tonally jarring to the rest of this film. And I know why you need because you need your, like the drama for it, but it doesn't work for it. Um, and I also, it, it, I don't think this film hits the point of absurdity that it should consistently. I think they could have done more. There are points where I think it needed it and it doesn't and it slogs for me i like this film but i wanted to see more of that self-referential like break not breaking even breaking the fourth wall but even like when the scene that i love is when they're doing the trail and they're going they're following the, the lines i wanted more of that and they don't do it enough until the end which is just my biggest issue is, is i don't think it reaches its peak until the final 15 minutes okay 
Uh, I'm going to go for mine here, and I will say that my grumble is... Um, I, I'm kind of like Ethan. I got a couple of things, but the first is the episodic nature of it just felt like a collection of skits at times, and it didn't feel like a story at times. They just would say things like, oh, it's now it's four more days, and I think it's just the idea of going, we've got some stuff planned. Here's how we're tied together. My big one is, and Ethan's not going to like this, I really don't like the third act. I don't like, wow. this, I don't like the scene with the vials. I think it's, uh, it, it, I found it to be tiresome. I'm like, okay. And it kept going on and on and on and then the trampoline brought it back and on <laughs> and i'm like i don't and how many fake outs were there oh give me something with wings and then you think it's a great bird and no it's just a little parrot and you think yzma is this crazy like super level end villain and she's a cat and it's i'm like, like a baby iago yeah, yeah yeah but i'm just like i don't eh. Now, overall, overall, I like I like the film, but I think they struggled where actually it got to stop being cutaways and one-liners and meta, and they actually had to do like a story. The story in this isn't very good. The jokes are good. The story is not. The story is quite pedestrian. I think the story is crafted after the jokes are for this. It's its narrative is not well, the first. Exactly. The this screams we've remade something. This screams you know, this is hmm. this is the second or third sort of take at it. And so um yeah, really. I mean that's what that is. So that would be mine. Sorry, I'm uh, Georgia, do you want to go ahead and talk about some reviews now. Yeah. Um, so it it did well, uh, critically. It did uh, did really quite well, actually. Um, anyone want to have a guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is currently? I didn't look, but we've, we've, but we've, this is interesting because you prefaced it with it did quite well. So I'm going to go 79%. Oh, I was going to say 79. Um, 80. 72. 85%. Wow. Oh, I win. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> After going, I oh, wait. You got you have both sides. I was going to say seventy nine. I win. <laughs> I went up rather than down. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So it's it is favorable um, to critics and just general populace alike. Um, Robert Kohler uh, from Variety said. The film uh, may not match the groovy business of many of the studio's other kid picks, but it'll be remembered as the film that established a new attitude in the halls of Disney's animation unit, which is quite accurate. I don't think they hold on to that new attitude for very long, if at all, but it is completely different. Um, And then I've got one from... Ebs, who actually commented on this one. Ebs. Yeah, we probably should mention um, his first name and make sure we don't just call him Ebs all the time. <laughs> we probably should, yeah. Roger Ebert, writer of the Chicago Ebs. Sun Team, Times, Teams, Chicago Sun Times, awarded the film three out of four stars, um, distinguishing oh, it as wow. a goofy slapstick cartoon with the attention span of Donald Duck that is separate from what's known as a sep- that is separate from what's known as animated features. So he kind of agrees with you there in saying it doesn't have a it is more episodic it's not like a one full i kind of agree with me even in the rating i'm like it's good yeah but it's got in my perspective it can't challenge for those super top spots because the story's poor yeah he then he then finishes off kind of by saying it doesn't have the technical polish of a film like tarzan but is a reminder that the classic cartoon look is a beloved style of its own there is a bit we didn't talk about that but the quality of the animation is just kind of there yeah Yeah. i was uh what i had to watch this at points on my phone because my internet dropped and it 
in four four eighty p. This film is impossible to watch, especially with the little peep, the little devil shoulders. They are literally <laughs> yeah. pixels. Even in like a high quality, they are pixels. Well, yeah, but you're doing four eighty on your phone as well. Yeah, but then on like a higher quality on my TV, it still doesn't look that nice. It right, it's right. kind of dated. It like boxed around the edges and not in a good way. It's twenty one years old. It's twenty one years old. <gasps> like, like, older than when, Ethan. Like when it first came out, Ethan, it would be in the equivalent of four. Like when I first watched this on. Oh yeah. When Ellie watched this on VHS, it is four eighty standard definition. It would be four eighty p. Yeah, and I'm sure she can see the angel and the devil just fine on a regular sized television at that point. <laughs> so it's just the the, the the phone you're watching it on has not been designed for 480p. It's been designed to watch things at 720, 1080. Mm. Uh, some I think phones mine's for 4K. Yeah. I was gonna say some phones have probably gone to 4K. So when you give it, yeah. this, <laughs> so 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 when you give them these retrograde kind of products, they, they actually don't know how to handle it, and so you end up with some, this sort of thing. Yeah. Disney Plus usually upscales really well. For some reason, it doesn't upscale this film that well. All right. Um, I'll put my video game in that resolution, then you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, was there anything else you had? Um, yeah, we've got uh, one from uh, Lisa Schwabom from Entertainment Weekly, who gave it a B plus, describing it as a hip, funny, mostly non-musical decidedly non-epic family picture which turns out to be less of a hero's journey than a meeting of sitcom minds which, yeah that's yeah. All, yeah i'm 100 percent there yeah and it, what do you want from your disney and maybe after i mean again this isn't a bad film this is nowhere near a bad film uh, and after dinosaur maybe this is what you needed was i think the best way to describe emperor's new groove it's a palate cleanser Beat yeah. me by a second with that one. I was going to agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Pal- it's, it's just a palate cleanser. It's something, ref- it's, it's, it's refreshing. And I'm glad it didn't start a, a series of similar sort of humor. This is still unique in this perspective to yeah. this day. It's, it's, a, it's a good film. It's a quotable film. I was going to say it's very similar to Princess Bride, but I think Princess Bride does this a lot better. Um, <laughs> I would like in, in, in the tone. <laughs> They're very, they're both very referential, but this one just, I think it's because that slapstick cartoon innocent colorfulness to it that it's because kids grew up with it. That's why they remember it a bit more. Okay. Um, so, um, and all that's left now is to go, what are our ratings? So, uh, I will go ahead and read off what we have done in the order in which we have done it. I'm going to continue to try and do this in one breath. It becomes more and more <laughs> tricky every time. So, I'm going to breathe in quickly. And we have watched Frozen, Mulan, Pocahontas, Lady and the Tramp, The Three Caballeros, Sword in the Stone, Wreck-It Ralph, Treasure Planet, Aladdin, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, 101 Dalmatians, Alice in Wonderland, The Wild, The Princess and the Frog, Frozen 2, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Dumbo, Lilo and Stitch, Bambi, Robin Hood, Moana, Oliver and Company, Meet the Robins and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, The Rescuers, Tangle, Brother Bear and the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, he did it! Oh, jeez. I, I, when we got about, when I, when I got to about Snow White, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make this one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got think we the, should make our new category for choosing animated classics. How long is the title? Well, the Emperor's <laughs> New Groove is not a short one, I'll tell you. That. I like these Tangled, Moana. Those are like, bam, bam, bam. Um, it so, was when you got to the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I was like, oh. Yeah, my voice was starting to go there. Uh, so uh, I count on my list that we have done 28 eight animated classics does that sound right to everybody else that would be correct mm-hmm. yeah okay so 28 now i know george has got less than that but we'll go ahead and let's start with ellie uh ellie where have you placed this out of the 28 <laughs> no i don't want to go first i think i might have it a bit high but um, go ahead. i've put it at eight okay 
Um, so that puts it for me below Aladdin and above Wreck It Ralph. Oh, part of me is just dying inside. All right. <laughs> I did have that, it at nine earlier on, and oh, I've changed it. Wow, you've I'm moved it up above that. Aladdin is that low. Aladdin seven? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's still top quarter. I guess we can take yeah. some solace in that. Um, <laughs> any sort of summary statement, or are you just kind of happy let the rating speak um, for itself? I just the reason I moved it up was just because I would rather watch this one again because it's fun, it's light, it's short, and it's just it's always been an entertaining film for me, whether as a child or as an adult. So Wreck It Ralph's more of a more of a journey. I guess that's the positive and the negative of it (laughs) is that it's a journey. Whereas yeah, a bit more of a slog. And I really hate that Rihanna shut up and drive segment. You do, you do. (laughs) And I, and I, I really can't stand Sarah Silverman in it, but I still, but I still cry in the best way. If I need a good cry, I think that's the film I need to watch. Um, or John Lewis Christmas advert. Uh, <laughs> Ethan, I think you're up next. I have this at number thirteen. Thirteen? Wow, about halfway. Yeah. Um, I have it below Alice in Wonderland and above Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, I like this film. This isn't me being like, oh, I don't think it's good. I do think it's good. Every criticism I have, I can still overlook. I've just seen this too many times that I don't, my, I can't put this in the top 10 because it's good, but it doesn't hit my quality for what I want with Disney films. But it's still a very well done film. All right. So that was an, an eight and a 13. Now, Georgia, how many films have you seen? 24 24 so the midpoint would be 12 just for us who are keeping track here where do you have this i did have it at number six um and have literally just moved it down to because i realized that would put it above princess and the frog and robin hood and i'm going "Mm, i think i think i like those more but they're very different so it's a difficult choice to make um i've kind of got it number eight um so below robin hood and above mulan Above Robin Hood. So you just no, said below Robin, Hood. Oh, below Robin Hood, above Mulan. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. That's, that's low for Mulan. Mulan has always I mean, been low in my list of time. I keep trying to move it's it always up. Been you keep going. You keep going. I think I got Mulan too low, and you consistently keep pushing it further down by placing things above it. Didn't move it up at the end to. of the year, though, did you? That's that's how you stop Mulan from being so low. Is you keep you you don't keep pushing it further down. I think the problem is I put it too low to begin with, and now I can't. Now there's other things above it that I can't move. But you, yeah. but you literally looked at it today and went Emperor's New Groove or Mulan because it's they're right above each other. So you and Emperor's New Groove is better than Mulan. So that's just a straight up like for like comparison, which it is. Okay, that's that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but you, I'm, I'm just saying you can't then pull the whole. I think I made a mistake early because now it's because obviously no, you've got, I made a I did make a mistake early on, but okay. not with this one. Okay, so I'm happy that this is above it. I, but not above anything else that's above it. Do you I get what I'm saying? Like, oh, that's a flawed logic there, no, no, isn't it? Because <laughs> it is. Because you went, there's things above Mulan that shouldn't be above Mulan. But then you're going, but the Emperor's New Groove is only one spot above Mulan. But if it's that much better, it should be above those things that you think Mulan should be on top of. That's I true. Actually, I think I, I think Mulan might be in the right place now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because, I, mean, I, I, mean, my I knew my logic held bit, up there if I could unpack it. <laughs> my, my list is a bit jacked up because I have Alice at one. So... Alice everything is automatically all right. automatically moved down a spot so technically for you guys it would be in seven which i guess actually is all right yeah uh so i've well keep in mind we've also seen more films so yeah. this is where uh 
I've got actually for Ellie in her statement that she thought we were going to be way out out of line. I think it's actually quite similar. Uh, I've got it at nine. Okay, I've got yeah. it below Frozen, but above Pocahontas. Um, which is kind of funny because Pocahontas is one of the reasons why they didn't get to do the full musical on Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> um, I think I've said what I need to say. It's it's got a lot of fun moments and it's a really fun idea. But as far as I'm comparing it against films like Frozen, like I prefer a tone a hundred times out of a hundred in in Emperor's New Groove. But Frozen feels like a Disney animated classic all the way through. You, you know, you know what I mean. This is DreamWorks. Nah, this isn't dream this isn't dreamworks this isn't this this is them trying I'm something not, new discounting oh i think it is <laughs> this is oh it definitely is yeah. this is them trying something new it wasn't copying dream this is before shrek so the whole idea about being postmodern, they've beaten everybody to the punch on this they truly have I was um, thinking of the El Dorado kind of. No, because that's just a story. Yes, El Dorado like is. Cynicism. See, El Dorado is like let's have songs, and and El Dorado is very hunchback in Notre Dame in its structure. Mm. Very hunchback in Notre Dame in its structure. So, although it's got a similar story point, the the idea about the buddy movie that doesn't turn into a romance. It's just about these two guys and their relationship. That's unique. I mean, it's just. Um, it just doesn't feel like a completed Disney animated classic. It doesn't have that level of oomph uh, i mean pocahontas is is a full musical thing pocahontas just misses the mark in several places this I, I really enjoy it i always have fun with it it's it's you know what it is it's like a really excellent long made for tv special yeah 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 i'm gonna say this again i don't think I, no i didn't even say it before um <laughs> muppets it's very muppetsy in like how it handles jokes and humor and like a long-form story for those of you playing along at home ethan has compared this during this episode to the muppets the princess bride road to el dorado dreamworks as a whole <laughs> anything else we want to add to this um um, 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 Didn't he compare it to Star Wars earlier as well? No, no. General sitcom greatness. Credit. I don't know. That was me. That was me saying the, the yeah. credits. No, there was something about the Star Wars moment where you think someone's dead and then they're not. Oh, like, that, oh that's a oh, moment. Yeah. That's a moment. I'll get yeah, that. Um, one. Screw it. Uh, uh, pretty in pink. Why not? <laughs> so that is. I mean, overall, I think what we're trying to say here. I mean, it's it's really hard to define because there's nothing else like it. Yeah. And nothing else has even tried to come like it. And I love it. It gives it its own unique place in our list. It really this is kind well, of a actually. I've been st- I was been studying postmodernism today in uni, so oh, this you? is like okay. the perfect film <laughs> the for fa- the fact the fact that it's so reflexive and it, it plays long yeah. you know, the whole idea of the map and we shouldn't be here and they're aware of the storytelling tropes as they occur. It's really cl- that part's really clever. And that might be its thing. It might be more clever than it is a good story. Mm, probably. But so I, I really enjoy it. So. It's the Deadpool of a Disney animated classic. It is. It yeah. is. Where, where it's, all, it's all about the moments and it's not about the story because the story in Deadpool's kind of pants, actually. But it's the most oh, accurate. Yeah. It's the most accurate like representation that we've had other than because, you know, Muppets and the Princess Bride <laughs> definitely weren't it. <laughs> See? So. Right. Um, let's talk about next time though. So next time we're leaving this behind. I don't know where we're headed. Ellie, no, Ellie's had a quite a big, a big few days for picking things. Cause she's picked yeah. Paddington for best film ever. But what are you picking for talking the Mickey next week? So I'm going to pick something, which I've had it quite interesting being part of the podcast up to now, because it's in this episode, because we have indirectly referenced it three times and directly mentioned it once. 
And I bet none of you have a clue that it's happened. No. <laughs> First, we were talking about Will Smith singing. Woo! Then we were talking about you sang uh, Prince Akeem. No. Uh, oh, no. wow. Are we really? No. Are we really? No. And then no. we talked about no. Baby Iago. Okay. And Ian's just rage quit. Not, not, not Ian, Ian's Ethan. just rage quit. I don't, know what he's, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, this is going to come up at some point. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so... And then, when I was talking about my ratings, we directly talked about Aladdin. But, of course, we're not going to do the same one again. We're going to do the live-action remake. Okay, I, okay, okay I'm, I'm not, I really like this. I have not seen this. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia. Oh, you don't say. So Georgia has clearly seen it and liked it. Ethan has clearly seen it. Uh, If you just, we can do the Georgia rules on this one. If this bothers you to that degree, you can sit one out. (laughs) Oh no, we can silence the lambs you out of this. I will happily shout about this. Well, please don't shout, but you can, you can, you can rant. How about that? Um, I'll be on the other side of my room so it doesn't let spike. But um, this is the sound quality. Come on. But um, I'm, I'm. Oh, I'm. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm not. I'm not expecting good things or great things. So that's me. Ellie, have you seen this yet? I haven't seen it. I've okay. heard very mixed reviews about it. So I am quite curious to. <laughs> I've, I've know, heard come it just, up with just, my own just, yeah. just tonight. I've heard well, mixed yeah, reviews. <laughs> exactly. Um, I get. I'm not. I'm not expecting huge things, but I have heard some people say, like George, say that it's really, really good. Um, so oh, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, okay. <laughs> good. It's not really, really good. It's really, really enjoyable. Okay, okay. well that's that's good too. And um, at some point, and I imagine we'll do it on the podcast anyway. But I would like to watch all of the live action remakes that they've done. I've seen a couple of them and not others. So, and remember, you can't win the 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 walkie for worst remake if we don't watch it. So, Ethan, there's something in this for you. (laughs) No, I will say there is something in this movie when we watch it, um, because the guy who plays Aladdin has been cast as Ezra Bridger in the Ahsoka show, and that's a character that I really like. So for me, as a Star Wars fan, sure, I'll go back and see if he's actually good. Okay, excellent. So uh, please join us next week when we tackle the 2019 live-action remake of Aladdin. Starring Will Smith will be playing the part of the genie. Will Smith. <laughs> so, um, for Talking to Mickey, I've been Ian. I've been Ellie. I've been Ethan. And I've been Georgia. And we spent half of the time this film talking about how the elements were surreal. And the other half of the time talking about Ellie's video game in surreal. <laughs> We'll see you next time. That was worse than Aladdin's gonna be. Out of the window, and it won't be the last. He goes, I'm a rebel. <laughs> Which is cute, but oh. <laughs> that was episode one of Best Film Ever.